Welcome to the Intoxicated Podcast, a weekly comedy talk show that dives into the personal lives of comedians, experts, and creators. I'm your host, Sarah McClellan, a very amateur stand-up comedian and self-proclaimed sad girl. It's the comedy podcast with a lot of heart. Feel hard and talk hard. This is the Intoxicated Podcast. Oh, hey, Internet. Welcome back to the last episode of Intoxicated Podcast for 2022. Did I scare you there? (laughs) Welcome back. This is episode 249. Couldn't quite, couldn't quite get to 250 this year, but it will be soon. Very, very, very soon. So stay tuned for that. But in the meantime, I have an amazing episode for you all. I hope everyone had a great holiday. Maybe you're still on holiday. I don't really know. I've had a super chill holiday break, which I'm so thankful for. I've just been sleeping in and watching movies and cleaning and getting things in order. And it feels amazing. So going into 2023, I'm in a good place. And I can't always say that. Before I get to this episode, I will let you know that I have some footage from the Intoxicated Podcast live show up on YouTube. You can watch the full video episode of my interview with Adam Myatt, as well as my debates segment, which is three rounds of live debates, and they are highly entertaining a great visual watch. So please do check that out over on the Intoxicated YouTube channel. Hopefully as well, I will start posting some clips on there too, because I know that YouTube shorts is now a thing. I am going to start using that and posting there. So do make sure you're subscribed to the Intoxicated Podcast YouTube channel and maybe ding the bell for notifications so you know when I post something. As well, um, more than likely, episode 250 is going to be a live stream. It's probably going to be exclusive to YouTube. That's probably where I'm going to be streaming to. So make sure you're subscribed. That would be amazing. This week's episode, I've been wanting to have this individual back on the podcast for a while. He is a past guest, but hasn't been on in quite some time. It is the great, the very, very funny and very smart Kyle Carpenter. And Kyle is a comedian originally from BC, but he's been over here in Halifax for quite some time. And he's one of my favorites and somebody that I truly look up to in terms of comedy and life. So by that, I mean, I really respect Kyle's joke writing to a point where any advice I get from him is like a nugget of gold. And anytime he can give me some insight on a bit, I am like so grateful for because I just respect his joke writing so much. And I also really respect his relationship with comedy in terms of his mindset and also his just general approach to it. He seems to have a very healthy relationship with stand up, which is something that I am working on. I am working on having a little more balance in my life, um, trying to focus things more and not burn out over just doing mics, doing mics, doing mics. And I'm trying to essentially take a quality over quantity approach, which I think is what Kyle does. So I was very grateful for this conversation. Anytime he and I get together, it feels like a little podcast in and of itself. I love our talks. This is highly enjoyable. I think you're going to love it, especially if you're a comedian. There's a lot of comedy talk, but it's all so useful. In fact, this podcast um, really helped me 
after we chatted with a bit that I'm working on. Uh, and I walked away being way more excited about the bit, having far more clarity on it. And um, that's all thanks to Kyle Carpenter. So I want to say a big thank you to Kyle Carpenter for coming on and not only giving me an amazing episode for you guys, but giving me some great advice personally. So it's a good one, y'all. I hope you enjoy it. And really, that's about it. I'm going to get right to this episode. Stay tuned for information on episode 250. It will be coming soon, I promise. More than likely after that, I will be taking a bit of a break to reassess things with the podcast. I'm not saying any decisions right now, but I, I do need some time to sort of rethink about strategy and the future of the show. But I guarantee you, episode 250 will be a banger of a time. I'm going to bring in some of my favorite guests. We're going to have a little celebration uh, of 250 episodes. So stay tuned. I will update you on that as it happens. I want to thank you all for your support in 2022. And I hope you have an amazing new year. But for now, please enjoy my awesome conversation with the great Kyle Carpenter. those big feelings yes you did but sometimes i hate when you like think of a moment in time or like a song and you're like who the fuck was that and i'm so stubborn with it where i refuse to google i want to let my mind figure it out because it's got to be in there somewhere yeah yeah locked away deep in the crevices oh yeah i don't know I'm always, I don't know, like, I, I have pretty good recall, and when I can't remember something, it does bother me, uh, and and I am getting to that point where I'm like, when I, when I don't remember something, I'm like, is this the beginning of the end? Uh, am I losing everything? Is all my databases just being purged? I, I've, I, I've been there for a while, actually, uh, but I actually attribute it to what I've now determined is long-term burnout. Oh, sure. Uh, yeah, <laughs> but also I do have like, there is Alzheimer's in my, in my family. So sure. I'm also like low key scared, mm-hmm. but then I'm like, uh, you know, maybe it won't be so bad. Yeah. It's uh, <laughs> like, maybe it's, when it's, I'm, I'm approaching death, sure. maybe it, it will be a good thing to not know what the fuck's going on. Yeah, No, it'll be good for you. It's only a problem for the people in your life. So uh, you'll be fine. I'm such, I'm such a fucking selfish bitch. I'm like, as long as I'm okay. <laughs> but then I, but then I also, I'm like, oh, I feel like no one cares about me. That but was, I know that's that, what I, I was saying. I know that they do. <laughs> I know that they do. You yeah. know? No, they do. They I do. know. It, it's, it's, you know, you know how life is, Kyle. I do. You know how life is. Shall we get into this? Yeah. Oh my goodness gracious. You guys, I'm so excited to welcome back for a second solo episode, third overall. Yeah, that's right. Second solo, third overall. Um, Somebody who I 
deeply respect in comedy and Aww. life. Aww. One of the best writers in Halifax, I would Aww. dare say. Up there, top, in my opinion, someone who I love learning from, Mr. Kyle Carpenter. Hello. Happy to be here. This feels like it's weird that this is just number three. That feels strange. It, it does, but I think sometimes when you and I talk, yeah. it feels like a podcast. Yeah, no. I've even had though, that. Yeah, 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 even yeah, though yeah. there's no mic. Sure. Yeah. You know? I'll co-sign that. We never, we never really have light convos, you and I. Well, um, one on one. Yeah. When we get into it, like it's usually like we've, we've cleared a space at the bar and we're like, so how are you? Yeah. <laughs> right. And it always seems to happen when we both need it. Cause I remember we were on a show in the summer yeah. together and like everyone else went home and you and I were just like, do you want to keep hanging out? And I was like, hell yeah, I do. Sweet. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, um, nice. you know, at this age, um, that type of hangout is more rare. It is, yeah. Now yeah. than it used to be, I feel. Yeah, I, uh, I hurry on home. Got a dog, you know? He goes, so he gets lonely. Oh, the dog. How's your dog? He's so good. Scout, right? Scout? Oh, Cooper. Cooper. Whose dog is Scout? I don't know. I don't know a Scout. Cooper. Okay, Cooper. That, oh, that's such a, good, such a good name. That was his name when we got him. We made him, uh, his full name is now Agent Cooper. Agent Cooper. He's an agent. Why? Uh, it's a Twin Peaks reference. Mm. But also, okay. you know, I kind of we like giving him a position. That's so cute. <laughs> Make how, him earn, earn his keep. How old is he now? Oh God, we don't know. Um, they said he was three when we got him. Could be older. Probably, uh, probably a little mystery older. age. Yeah. So five, at least five. Oh, so probably cute. A bit older. Probably and older. how long have you had him? Yeah, it's like a little over two years now. Oh my god! Yeah. See, see, that's insane. See, I, I would have said like a year ago, but I have no concept of time. I was like talking to Scott the other day, and mm -hmm. I was like, "Oh, is this like your first Christmas in your house?" And he's like, "We've been in my house for four years." Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like yep. holy shit, my my timelines are way off. Well, that's that's the problem, I think, when you're <laughs> you know approaching middle age. Yeah, yeah. And COVID happens. Yes. And so it's like the two things combined to just make you go like, oh, fuck, nothing. It kind of warps things in a strange fucking way. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But, but what helps for me is that I stay in the same spot. Yeah. <laughs> so people don't have to remember shit. <laughs> like yeah. haven't moved and like, like I've been in this apartment for more, like the length of time I've had the podcast. So almost six years. Yep, yep, yep. yep. Um, and uh, I'm still the doing the same. Changed. Old, That's the, the drapes change on the, it's now slightly different. Yeah. This is a good setup. I like it. Good for you. It is a good setup. I won't lie. Your podcast is going to be the last of the year. And I'm Ooh. quite excited to just what I usually do when I take an extended break as I just, I push these like to the wall and I make this more of a living room than a studio. Reasonable. And I sometimes enjoy that quite a bit, having a living <laughs> space versus a workspace. <laughs> I've, I enjoy that you're, you're kind of apologetic like that. Like, I'm so sorry, guys. Just sometimes, you know, just occasionally I don't like to have a recording studio in the middle of my limited living space. You know, so, just every now and then, like as a treat. As a treat for myself. I like yeah. sometimes like to actually live in my living room. Yeah. Versus you, because I don't. You selfish monster. I don't really hang out in here unless I'm here. That makes sense. Um, The occasional time I'll throw something on the TV. But I really don't consume a lot of, I don't know where you're at with your media consumption, but like I don't consume a lot. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I do. I do a bit. 
these days, but it tends to be more um, a game. Oh, games. I was wondering that about you. Mm. So you you do play video games? I do. Very, ah. Very ah, computer or uh, the other know. thing? <laughs> The gamut. I ran. I ran a gaming criticism website for a couple of years. What? Yeah. I mean, I'm I'm shocked, but also not at all shocked. Yeah. 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 No. So I like game a, reviews. It was like um, semi-academic, like critiques of games. Not like reviews, but more like food for thought. Oh, was, interesting. It was called Medium Difficulty. That's a great uh, name. Ran for, uh, yeah, like two years. It was free. Like we just did it for fun. I, I took on, I did all the editing. We published like 200 articles. Holy shit. Got featured on uh, the front page of Reddit once. What the fuck? Yeah. Didn't make any money from it. And then uh, and then we published an article that people got mad at and people were like, you're ruining everything. And I was like, okay, well, I'm tired and uh, I don't need to do this anymore. Oh, whoa. You know, but that's like the arc of the internet. I'm not even saying that. Like I was, I was at a breaking point anyway. And then there was like a whole lot of censure for uh, writing. uh, Oh, publishing an article where someone just said, Hey, maybe we can all get along. And they're like, that's such a privileged thing to say. And I was like, okay. Uh, Don't you love when you put yourself out there and it's just instantly criticized? Uh, Well, no, it wasn't even me. Like it was just someone else we published, like a friend of the sites. And I didn't, uh, I'll be honest, I didn't exercise the editorial control. Maybe I should have, but it was a thing I was doing for free for fun. Yeah. And uh, yeah, anyway, that was fun. Slowly becomes less and less fun. It was less and less fun. But I will say, like, that was kind of the, uh, that was that scene at that time. Uh, We stopped before uh, Gamergate happened. He might have. Gamergate. Gamergate was like this huge thing. It was like basically the, it was the beginning of the alt right. Oh, yay. Started in gaming criticism where they were like, uh, anyone who was like remotely progressive, they were like going after them and like doxing folks. And oh, was this because people were like linking it to violence and shit? <sighs> like, oh, video games makes people kill people. No, that no, type no, of criticism? no, no, something, no, something no, else. no, 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 uh, different. It's a whole thing. Oh, I don't know that really? I want to get into it. Crazy. Yeah, uh, there are books about it. Oh, whoa. Holy shit. But basically like before the alt-right was the alt-right. There were a bunch of like gamers living in, you know, their mother's basements and cultivating toxic ideas. And then they started going after like female gaming journalists. Oh. You know, and shit like that. Okay. And then, then, um, yeah. And then it was just like an awful place to be. So as I, even as I complain about like, you know, I got burnt out and, uh, you know, criticism. Right. Was like, oh, I don't want to do this anymore. Uh, I got out when the getting was good because it got real toxic for like two to three years. And then people get stuck in that and and then it can be hard to leave kind of thing. I think, yeah, no, there was was like, there was bad stuff for a few years. I find it it so crazy that a lot of these things like gaming and like different communities that are supposed to be like all about fun and joy (laughs) become so toxic. Mm -hmm. I hate to bring it back to Taylor Swift, but it's the same thing with Swifties. Sure. There's a there's like Swifties that are just terribly toxic to other Swifties. Of course. And it's just like, what are we doing? Aren't we supposed to be bonding over what we love versus like fighting about it? No, well, the problem is anytime you make your identity about something yeah. that you do, yeah. then you have to sharpen 
your own sense of identity against other people's. Yes. So like, it's a matter of differentiation. And then that becomes like, there's so much stakes to it for you. So you have to like really cast out the, the uh, heretics. It's crazy. I, I would encourage people to, I love people who are fans of things. I'm a fan of things, mm-hmm. but dear God, have more than one thing that you, <laughs> do, do, do you know what I mean? Like make, don't make something your whole identity. Like there's some Taylor Swift fans that have now made themselves look like her, you know, like, yeah. like they walk around looking like her and people approach them thinking that it's Taylor. And it's just like, what? I just, I don't know. Maybe it's just my inherent need to be different um, or like unique and whatever. But like, I just don't get that. That boggles my mind. Yeah. Like boggles my mind. And I'm a big, like people would consider me a, someone who's a fan. Sure. Yeah. And can be a little obsessive and get into phases. I know, I know you to be a fan that you've released a whole episode of this where you just like <laughs> reacted to, I think it was folklore, right? Yes. Yeah. I did a folklore reaction video. Um, I've learned since then not to do those because it's kind of strange. I mean, the way that you take in, like, I, I much prefer to take in music now privately. Sure. Yeah. Good. Because yeah. it feels weird going, this this reaction I'm having isn't entertaining enough. Yeah. Take two. Yeah. You know, like that's, that's the weirdest, that's the weirdest thing ever. Yeah. Or at least like cut it down to a two minute video or something. <laughs> Just like. Yeah. You know, let's, let's do a super cut. Do the basics. Yeah. Like when. The highlights. I'm, yeah. When it's exciting. And that, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> It's a weird, weird world. Yeah. You, well, and now I'm just reflecting. I haven't really been funny yet. Oh, that, that's okay. <laughs> I feel like this podcast has become not always the funniest podcast. <laughs> yeah. Because <laughs> comics, it's like we have to be funny all the time. This is our therapy sometimes. Sitting down and chatting one-on-one. Yeah. <laughs> some, some people are in real therapy. Some people are in real I don't. Therapy. I don't know those people. I don't relate to those people. Mm. But- yeah, I hear it's great. Um, How are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm. You know, I'm not bad. Yeah, good. It's, it's it's a weird. It's a weird. Um, this time of year is triggering for me for a lot of reasons because it's that it's Christmas. That, yeah. Oh, it's not that for anybody else. You're weird. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so weird. I get sad at Christmas time. No, it's not even like a sad thing. It's more of a um. I don't like the year looking back at your year and like, like new year's resolutions and like people doing like two 2022 wrap ups. Here's everything I did in 2022. I I just, I hate that. Sure. I don't like the keeping up with the Joneses feeling that you get this time of year. Yeah. No, fuck that. Fuck that. Are you a big Christmas guy? No. No. Yeah. Good. I like, I I don't know. I like Christmas. I like hanging out. You know, I like, I like a cozy vibe. Oh yeah. Wait till, wait till I get to my assumptions. I have a lot of assumptions. Okay. Yeah. yeah. A lot of assumptions. But, um, I, I resent the, um, the assumption that you're going to travel for Christmas. It's Mm. the worst time of the year to travel. I almost died. What? Going home for Christmas one year. What? Yeah. It was, uh, it was, uh, I had to. My brother and I had to drive from uh, Vancouver to Vernon, and we were on a, an icy highway, and uh, my brother was driving. He lost control, and we uh, went across the road. It was busy traffic, so we actually, like, threaded the needle between oncoming traffic. Holy and then, shit. And um, slammed into a cliff, um, like, like, uh, 
not a down cliff like the up, cl- we're at the bottom. Yeah, and uh, there was a better. ditch, so we went off. But there was a like a lake on the other side. So if we'd gone that way or bounced, we'd we'd have Holy been in the drink. Shit. Yeah. When was this? This was uh, years ago, like 2012, 13. That's terrifying. Yeah. But like, yeah, it's a shitty time of the year to travel. Yeah. Like the weather's awful. Everybody's trying to get it. Everything's expensive. Yeah. I would rather like set aside like a week of family time sometime else, you know? Yeah. Maybe before or after Christmas or before, maybe after, not yeah. in the winter. Yeah. Yeah. Even even uh, like November or or uh, uh, February, like yep. better. That's the one. That's the thing. I that's what I fucking hate about Christmas. Then this time of year, it's the goddamn obligations. Yeah, you gotta get together. You gotta have a big meal. You gotta buy lots. You gotta buy lots of gifts. You gotta buy lots of gifts. I I stopped doing gifts a long time ago. Sure. And and I am now like truly being unapologetic about no gifts. Sure. Because I'm like in this economy. Single income in sure. Halifax? Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm-mm. Yeah. No uh, gifts have, for me. Have a Mary go fuck yourself. <laughs> Listen, I, I just say my my love language is words of affirmation. So I appreciate you. That's your gift. <laughs> yeah. I have a hot take that I'd like to get off my chest about, okay. about Christmas. Shoot. I hate Christmas cards. Yeah. I think that they're the most pointless things in the world. I and find, they only end up in a blue bag. I find cards unnecessary. Truly unnecessary. Yeah. And this is no disrespect for people who, who like to write me a little note in a card. Yeah. But here's the thing. If you're going to write me a Christmas card, write me something with some some meat. Right. In it versus have a great holiday. Sign. <laughs> you know? I just. I just. My. Uh, I can't get behind cards. My girlfriend, she doesn't even love cards. They're just like a part of the thing for her. Maybe more important than the gift. Yeah. Like she's really like, we need to go get a card. I'm like, do we? Do we? Or can we we just write on a label to blank from blank? Yeah. She's like, no, I got to go. Got to go get a card. She, uh, She has a stock of them in the house. And yet we're always out somehow. I don't know. I've come to like, I get her a card for the things. Right. Because you know that that's maybe important to her. It matters to her. Yeah. But like, oh man. Yeah. I do not need a card. It's just like, do people keep them? Like that's, that's like my thing. I'm like, or do they truly just end up in recycling? Even if they keep them, they're like in the recycling of your drawer. Yeah. Like just, oh. Yeah. You read it once and you're like, oh, you know, if it was like a thoughtful, like <coughs> two paragraph thing. Well, well, that's just it. I think there are times that it's acceptable. Yeah. Um, one time being if someone, uh, someone close to you loses somebody, um, it's nice to write a note to them then because it's like a non-aggressive way of showing support right. in a hard time. Yeah. Um, yeah, they can come to it on their own exactly. schedule. I get yeah, that. Yeah, you're yeah. not like, you're not like verbally approaching them. Maybe when they're too emotional to talk about it. So yeah. it's kind of a nice, like, you know, but even then I'm like, write something like write something like that's unique to that situation. And not, I'm just like, I'm so sorry for your loss or yeah. whatever. Like, I don't know. Yeah. And, and maybe this is also some internalized jealousy because I associate people who give Christmas cards with people who have their shit together. 
It is a planning thing. It is. Yeah, you got to get addresses. You got to keep those addresses somewhere, whatever. You need yeah. to plan with the logistics of mailing them yep. right, and writing notes and all of them. And I, I've just <laughs> never been that person. Oh God, you you reminded me. My dad for a while sent out a Christmas letter and like I didn't see them. And then one year I looked at it and uh, it was like a whole bunch of weird veiled criticism of me and my brother. <laughs> What? Oh, like yeah. passive aggressive. It was like, yeah, um, <laughs> we've had an eventful year. Kyle's living, you know, in, in the lower mainland. He thinks that he's going to be a writer, but who knows when that will happen. <laughs> and, like, and then I, like one day I was just like home for Christmas and I was looking through this thing and I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> and he was just like, well, you know, just, you know, sharing what Sh the family's up to. And I was like... Oh. Fuck you, old man! <laughs> oh God, that's always that's always so cringy. I, uh, you know, he, uh, he thought he was just being funny. Well, pa parents always have the best intentions. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> they, most parents, some okay, I'll say it. Some parents have, um, some parents are shit. Yeah, um, but I feel like a lot of times. Um, the intentions are good, but just the, um, them doing it comes off the wrong way. Yeah. And, and to be clear, I like, I like my dad, we have a good relationship, but you know, it's like one of those things where you're like, hang on, no, this will not fly. We are setting some boundaries now. Yeah. You, you don't fucking back talk me to all the aunts and uncles who I see. Right. As someone, yeah. how many um, brothers do you have? Just the one? Just the one. Okay. So it's just you and your, and he's older? Younger. Younger. Ah. Interesting. I would have thought I scanned big brother. I I don't know what I would have taken you for. Huh. How, how much younger is he? Two and a half years. Okay. This makes sense then. Yeah. Okay. That's like like close in age. I think it's perfect. Yeah. Um. Do you feel like the black sheep in the family at all? No. No. no not no, at no. all. No. I'm like. Yeah. No. I've always been kind of the 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 white sheep, <laughs> the beige sheep. <laughs> you you fit you fit in. You felt yeah. like you fit in. Yeah. Yeah. I think. Yeah. I don't know. Mm. What are we? It depends on what we're talking about. Mm. I got good grades. Like, you know, I was thought well of, I think. I always see myself as the, like, less, the least successful family member in okay. comparison to my other right. siblings. Um, so when you mentioned, like, your dad calling you out a bit, like, low-key shade. Yeah. I felt that because, like, that happens to me all the time. Just, like, little things of, like, like, you know, like, like, if we go out for a family dinner, like, it, it's always split between everyone but me. Like, <laughs> like they've never thought that I would be part of contributing yeah. because they just know that I'm the brokest one. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I understand. Like on, on one level, that's just realism. Yes. Yeah. But, uh, and on one level, I'm like, you know, thank God. Cause like, yeah. I can't fucking afford it. Yeah. But on the other end, money for me is such a sticking point. I, I, I want, I have a, a lot of pride and like, I'm just like, I'm going to be poor. I'm not going to ask for money from my parents because I could and they'd, sure. pro they'd probably give me money. But I, as a pride thing, I go, nope, not doing it. I'm not showing weakness at all. I'll figure it out on my own. Okay. You know? Sure. I don't know. It's family things, man. I love how all this like family drama is coming up for me. <laughs> <laughs> like money, Christmas time. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, let's get to the assumption segment. Yeah. Yeah. We're at I'm 25 curious. minutes. Here Jesus. we go. Okay. I know, right? 
Well, yeah. that's, the, that's the podcast time warp. That's true. It always goes faster than you think. Yeah. I feel like for, for most people. Okay. Here are my assumptions about Kyle Carpenter. Um, you are, in my opinion, one of the best writers in Halifax, and you are a joke writer that I very much so uh, look up to and envy your talent in that area. So I wrote, you have a, um, a you have perfected a very specific writing process that works for you. Is that true? Oof, uh, definitely not perfected. Ah, but do you have a specific way that you write? Maybe, maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I think there's a there's there's a bit of a process where I'll do the random thoughts and I'll think on a subject, but I find like sometimes I almost need the punchline before the rest can write itself. Interesting. I will say like in general writing, I internalize structure really yeah. quickly. Um, so like that's my day job is I write every day, not for funny. But I'm like, this is the point of it. So these are the steps I'm going to take to get there. Ba, 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 ba. Man. Yeah. That must help a lot. I think it does. Jokes are different. Yeah. Because like you kind of have a sense of like, well, I'll touch on this and I'll touch on this and I'll talk about this thing. And then you quickly find what works, what doesn't. Yeah. You know, and then it's like, okay, well, get rid of this entire thing that I thought this was going to be. And I'll just zero in on what's working. Mm, you know? mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so that's like. Yeah, not perfected, but I I feel like I at least know I'll try this and I'll just know to cut three quarters of it right away. Right. And then. Your instincts are good in terms of. Maybe. Well, no, I think my instincts are. Oh, they didn't laugh. Okay, I have a question. How 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 much time do you give a joke before you figure out what to cut? Is it. I mean, I guess it's probably not a a strict number, but. Like, like I know I've seen comics go, oh, I, I tried something and it didn't work. So I'm done with it. I'm like, you got to try it a bit more than once. I don't know. Like, Man. okay. Yeah. No, I think, um, it depends. Like, what are we calling a joke here? Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Cause if, if, if it's a topic that I haven't cracked yet, ah, like I'll put it on the shelf I'll come back to it. Like, I'll think about it some more. And then when I get a line that I know, like, mm, that's going to, that's going to pop. That's going to work. Um, then like, I'll do it again. Right. What I cut a lot of is the shitty setup. Yes. Yes. Where it's like. Yeah. Not needed stuff. Yeah. All the stuff ne- that like, you think you need it to explain everything and you don't. And you, you just don't. You got to get there quicker. Yeah. Gotta get there quicker. Cut that out. And you write some like sort of half-hearted things that, um, you know, I'm painting it like it never works, but you know, sometimes it does. Right. You do like one little sort of like throwaway line to kind of get you there. And uh, maybe that works. Maybe that doesn't. Um, mm. That's what I'll cut like yeah. fast. Yeah. Like, try it twice, three times. If it gets nothing, either I haven't cracked the approach or it just doesn't work. But yeah, I think like cut to what works in the thing. Yeah. Because that's that's the key. Right? So it's like cracking. I think you start with, start with the subject. Yeah. And then you need to find what works about it. And then like it's rarely, 
I think you need to move past the point you were trying to make. Oh my God. That's so true. You have to go with what is, what are, what are people reacting to? Yeah. Like that's, that's the point. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And sometimes you'll realize that like what you thought was the punchline isn't. I love those moments where you're like, oh, this other part of the joke that I didn't really think like. Yeah. I, and then, oh, but they like that more than the actual punchline. So this is now the punchline. <laughs> Yeah. And like everything else can be restructured or whatever. That's fascinating. Um, do people, I, I do feel like it's a consistent thing with you that people say that you're like a, an amazing writer. If if I can self-assess on that, I think I'm clear. Ah. Like I think if I have a notion, I know what I'm trying to say and I'm not going to stumble over it or repeat the idea too much. Yeah. I think I'm going to say it once clearly. And then get to the next idea. Yeah. You're concise. I try. I aim for concision. Yes. It's never like there are some people who you're just like, they're just up there rambling. I'm like stumbling and what like, but you're, you're never like that. You're like, yeah. this is what it is. And I'm saying, saying this. Try, yeah. Like you can try to find it sometimes. And I love that a bit, like, especially, you know, for not punchlines, like for setup, sometimes a little bit of like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you know, you do, but like some of that's very. The conversational. Yeah. Very human. Like people like it. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I'm all for that. But if, if I know what the punchline is, like, I'm not going to fuck that up. Yeah. And if I'm trying to explain one of the key ideas guiding what I'm at, I'm going to make sure that's clear. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I, yeah, that's what I try for. Yeah. And you do very well at it. Oh, thank you. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a lot of people, um, see you as an amazing writer and I hope, I hope that you also see yourself sort of like that. I know comics have, have trouble, um, going, I'm good at this and I'm proud. We don't do that very well. (laughs) You know what this, I see myself as a writer. Yeah. And I think, you know what, I think because, um, like you do it for work, I think that, yeah, that is a big contributor to how, like, why you're so good. You're, you do it all the time. You, you're not just a writer for stand-up. You write. I write, yeah. Yeah. A variety of things. But, um. Do you but ju- I, journal? I, I did for a long time. Yeah. Uh, both, like, as a young man, then, like, during COVID, I kind of took it up again. But then kind of flamed out. Uh, work was, like, just too busy during the, the pandemic. I was working too much. Yeah. I was really doing like 50 hour weeks. Holy shit. And I was Fuck. like trying to keep it up every day. But then like, as I was working that much, it was just like, I'm just saying the same things mm. over and over. I need to ask your opinion. Mm-hmm. This is what I ask anyone who I, who, who are, who are writers or write. Um, what are your thoughts on writing prompt books? Hey man, whatever. <laughs> I've thought about, because I have issues journaling, because I don't know, like, I know uh, Chris has mentioned it, a a bunch of people have mentioned, like, just the idea of, like, yeah, you just sit down and you just write. And I'm like, I need something. I need a prompt. And I've thought about getting one of those writing prompt books that just give you prompts. Great. What are you, are you yay or nay? Do you do it yourself or no? Um, I think I'm... I'm yay. I don't think I'd do it myself because I'm not sure I would find it that rewarding. Mm. But I, I like, I think all, I think the creative process is problem solving. And, yeah. and you solve the problems that you have. 
Ah. And if like running dry or not having something to get you going is one of the problems, like, fuck it. Yeah. Like use, mm. yeah. use something that'll get you past the hump. Get, get so, that will get it going. The motor's going. Yeah. And Maybe. if you find it rewarding, then that rules, you know? Mm. And if, and if you don't, then don't, you know, like I, I don't have a lot of uh, expectations about what it should look like. That's a good, that's a good, good way to go. I feel like a good thing to do would be maybe each day go, what's something funny that happened today? Like what kind of everyday thing happened? What's funny about it? Like maybe that's something you can do. I don't know. Man, I find writing very hard. Sure. I really, really do. And I, I sometimes like now more than ever, I'm like, am I cut out for this fucking thing? I don't know if I am. I don't know if I'm cut out to do this. Like, like writing new jokes all the time. I find it quite difficult. I find it's like the biggest challenge for me is writing new jokes. It, yeah. No, it's, I mean, it's not easy. Not easy. But it seems to come easy for so many people. And I'm so jealous. Well, you don't, you don't see what they're doing. No, that's true. So you're like, I do try to write write every day yeah for jokes um been a bit again work's been nuts for a month or two is that like new ideas or are you going back to old ideas anything just anything at all anything could be five minutes some days that's all i can do if i can do more like half an hour then i'm happy with that oh man that'd be epic but i think the whole you know and like i could see a world where i do more yeah you know uh, like if I was a full time at this, I would, I would do hours, I think. But, yeah. but what I've been doing is like, I have my notebook and I write in it and I just like every day try to keep the habit going. And that's kind of more the goal than anything Yeah. and just write whatever. And like, even if it's, um, I don't keep it organized. I'm just like, whatever comes to me. And if it's a better wording of something that I'd done before, mm. you know, then that goes in. And I like, I just trust myself that I'll look over it and I'll, I'll know what I was going for. So I don't yeah. even try to finish the thought. Right. Just like, oh yeah, I thought of a different thing for that. So I'll write that down. Like, um, it's better if I say the whatever instead of a uh, whatever, right. you know, like that kind of thing. Or sometimes it's just like a, a subject has occurred to me and I just want to like write about it for a bit and see if there's anything that pops up in there that's like, that's kind of. Yes. That's a crystallization of that thought. Like writing about the premise you want to talk about, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. To get to what, what's got some juice in there. What's funny. Yeah. 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 Um, mm. I do like it when you come across a topic that you're like, I know there's something and I know that when I find it, I'm going to deliver it with such yeah. passion yeah. Like for me personally right now, I really want to talk about body positivity and how it's bullshit. The whole movement is bullshit. <laughs> sure. But it is one of those more touchy subjects because it's what I'm saying could in some people's minds be perceived as fat phobic. Right. Because it's me talking about, I know I'm old. It, this was just the line that came to me. I know I'm old because I still want to be skinny. <laughs> and I loved that line so much yeah. that I was like, there's something to that where there's a specific age. There's a specific age, I feel. And I feel like it's maybe 33 and younger where body positivity was embraced and, you know, 
larger women are like loving themselves. And I, I agree. Everyone should love themselves. But like my thing is just like, it's just not for me personally. I mean, that's okay. That's <laughs> just, great. Just, but it's me portraying. I have to, I have to say it in a way that's me saying, I'm in support of you. Right. But this is my personal take on body positivity where I don't love myself at every size because I lost 10. I literally recently lost 10 pounds from the flu. <laughs> Never felt hotter. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> I'll be honest. There was a part of me that was just wanted to say congratulations. Right there. And, that, and then I, then I slowed myself down. I was like, is that, is that what I should say? And then you said from the flu. And I was like, oh. <laughs> Just walking through a minefield here. The thing about not eating is is that it works. All right. You know, and that's what happened. I just wasn't eating food for the flu. Uh, Well, I know if if I may, you asked me to like what to prepare a rant. Yeah. Oh. Coming with a rant topic. I think this segues into Oh, actually, let's get to the rant, but I have a, let's do a few more assumptions first. These can be quick and dirty. Oh, sure, sure, sure. These can be quick and dirty, okay? I said you would or you have done. A masterclass. Yeah, I have. What was it? Uh, well, I didn't finish it. I did get the Steve Martin one. Oh, cool. Um, and uh, I'll be honest, when he released it, I remember I had a lot of comedians on my feed being like, like you could learn to do comedy from a video. And it's like, fuck you. Like, yeah, like... Just get up and do it. Like, yeah, you know, you can also read a fucking book. book. <laughs> like, yeah, whatever. I, no, yeah, that's interesting. Because I've been asking comics that more and more lately. The idea of can funny be taught? Um, or like, can you learn? Can it be a skill that you develop? I think, yeah. Like, I think you can. Like, I don't think you can in, in, a, in a tube. Mm, mm. Like, or in a vacuum. No, 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 no. But no. like, yeah. You gotta like, go to an open mic. You gotta go to mics. You, you gotta, gotta watch it. You gotta do those things. But like at the same time, like if you've listened to a podcast where someone you thought was funny was talking. Yeah. And they're like talked about their process. Like you've gleaned something from that. Yes. Yes. You know? So like, and I, and I think learning is a process of developing your own understandings mm-hmm. and then incorporating new things. And the joy of that is sometimes you're not ready to hear a thing, but then you go back and you've done some on oh, your own progress and you go back to a thing you listened to like three years ago where the, you got something out of. Yeah. And then you're like, oh my God. You know, you hear the thing you didn't hear before because mm. you were ready for it. Right. So I do, I do a lot of that. Oh, I will listen to the, the Gary Gullman good one, like once a year, at least until the day I die, I think. You will listen to it? I think so. Okay. I get something out of it every time. Wait, what's it called again? Uh, Gary Gullman's episode of Good One. Uh, okay. Good One, a podcast about jokes. Do you want to know what? I'm going to take, I'm going to, I'm going to listen to that. Cause I feel like coming from you specifically, like just where I love your jokes so much. If you got something from that, I want to get something from that. So I'm going to fucking check that out. It's, uh, make yeah. note of that, Sarah. Right now you're editing this podcast. Huh. Go and find that that episode listen it's a good podcast uh definitely there was like a window and it was really great uh have a look um you'll find lots of folks you like on there nikki glazer's a few episodes oh, fuck yeah yeah okay. oh i think i actually listened to one with yeah. nikki yeah 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 okay okay good one yeah 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 yeah, I, like, I know exactly what it is now yeah that's that's amazing i feel like with a lot of those comedy podcasts like i'll listen to like 
I don't listen consistently. Like I'll usually listen if like someone I like is on it or um, someone recommends it. Yeah. Um, I feel like, I feel like the podcasts I listen to are so bipolar, like in, ter- <laughs> in terms of like, like it's either like your mom's house, which is just pure debauchery mm-hmm. and ridiculousness. And then I also listen to like podcasts with like neuroscientists. Right. To, like <laughs> talking about, uh, there's this, there's this guy, Andrew Huberman who has a podcast and just, he, I, some, most times it just goes right over my head, but like, I'll usually gleam like one or two facts that I like, I'm like, I can pull these out at a party now. Yeah. <laughs> I feel good <laughs> about myself. But, uh, so but funny. back to the, the masterclass. Yeah. I, I was just curious what Steve Martin had to say. Yeah. Like I was like, yeah, like his stuff when he was a comic was like formative, super strong. I was just like, I'd, I want to hang out with that guy for a couple hours. Was it worth the masterclass? Like, was it worth the money? No. Okay. It was pretty good, but it was like, they're not cheap. I feel like I just, I feel like you're someone who enjoys learning and that's not, that's a compliment. Is that true? Sure. Yeah. Not everyone likes to learn. I definitely, yeah. I like to think about things. But like, I feel like if you're not learning, like what is life if you're not taking in more knowledge? I like progress. To keep your mind sharp too. Yeah. Yeah. Progress is fun. What about success? How do you feel about success? (laughs) I'm over it. (laughs) You're over it? I want to get there so bad. I'm still kind of obsessed with uh, the idea of succeeding. Yeah. No, I, um... I have a job that I like that pays me a a living wage. Oh, ain't that nice. It's pretty good. And, uh, and I have a background that was like meant to be that my calling or I thought it was, and then I hated it, which was, yeah, I was going to be a professor and I didn't like it and I dropped out and life was better. Right. So that kind of, I don't know that that's been a very helpful to be like, Oh, fuck my dreams. My dreams are stupid. Yeah. Let's let's get stable. Let's get happy. And let's like work on a thing that I find satisfying. I think, I think some, most people get to an age where they're like, yeah, struggling isn't so fun. (laughs) Struggling to be happy isn't so fun. And maybe, maybe I can be happy if I do something that causes me less stress. Yeah. Or like, I think the stress thing is like, Uh. like I, it would be nice to just not be stressed all the time. Yeah. And I think also, like, um, if you're following a dream, it's probably one you had when you were a teenager or, or in your early 20s. Mm-hmm. And you were a fucking idiot back yeah. then. Yeah, right? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I ever had a dream. Like, so when you were young, were you like, I want to be a professor? Um, oh, God. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. It yeah. was it was kind of the one the one thing that you want to go for. No, no. Yeah, I was all was, over the place too. It was a little bit parentally mandated. Oh, I was kind of like I was good at it, and my folks, my mom in particular, was like, "I just think you'd you'd be so good at it." And I was like, oh, "I was like whatever, path of least resistance." Oh, got you. But oh like, God. I yeah. liked it. But like, I don't know that it was my love. Mm. I probably, I wanted to uh, make comic books. Oh. Yeah. And I wanted to be an animator at a certain point. Oh, that's fun. Um, Yeah. But also like looking back, I don't know that those would have been the thing either. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. To think about just like what your life would have been if you had pursued those other 
Yeah. Uh, you know, <laughs> do you think this is actually interesting? Cause it came up last night. I was at a gathering with some other comics. Um, and, um, humble brag, <laughs> some other comics, one of which is in med school, Kirsten Fench. Sure. Um, and we were just talking about the idea of the decision to change your career path at certain ages. And like, just the idea of like, you know, the old saying you're, it's never, you're never too old to start over. Yeah. But like, I'm like, I don't know. I feel like, I feel like there's maybe a limit. Like for me, like, like I would love, have loved to have been a psychologist or something. Sure. But like thinking now of starting from, from scratch is a little scary. Yeah. And I don't think I want to do it. I no. think it's, I think it's more of just like a, Oh, that's the path. That was, that was an alternate reality that could have happened. But I won't know her. You know what I mean? Like, this is the path I'm on now. And I'm going to stick to it kind of thing. I think it's never too late to change. Mm. But I think there's still like, it's a young person's notion to think you need to go back to ground zero yeah. to make a change. Ah. Like, you don't necessarily have to go to school for the thing. Mm. Or, you know, like, you don't have to do it in the way that is... Um, you know, fully prescribed, like you get a degree, you get a diploma, right. you pay a university way too much money yeah. for them to declare that you're like a, a person of some talent. Yeah. Yeah. So like, I think That's change, but also maybe don't like fall into a Richard scary kind of notion of what your job might be. That's so true. Right. Like there's other ways to get into that thing or to explore that field in a way that doesn't require tens of thousands won't, of dollars of student debt. Won't be as intimidating. Yeah. Or like that builds on what you've already kind of got in place. It's kind of like, like, okay, psychology for me, like the idea of going to school and like being a registered psychologist that sure. would take time and money and education. But it's like, maybe, maybe I look into another certification that's kind of in that same area. That's not as, not as much. Yeah. Like maybe like occupational I could be a life therapy. coach. You could be a life coach. <laughs> Anyone Dude, can be a I life feel coach. Like no one would trust me as a life coach. I feel like it would be. I would not have a good backing behind me I, for for being a life coach, even though I love the idea of helping other people with sure. their lives. I mean, I think the problem is you kind of fit the profile of yeah, a life coach. I, I do. I'm like, here's this quote that I found. It's going to change your life. Yeah. <laughs> like, like, yeah. Like, uh, yeah. Like I <laughs> was lost my entire life. But I found purpose in helping others for a three hundred dollar an hour consulting fee. Right. Um, I'll be honest. I hope you find that purpose too. I'll be honest. It, those people actually drive me fucking. Of course. Crazy, and I'm kind of a little bit of a snob when it comes to the idea of therapy because people will send me things sure. that are considered like alternatives, and I go, mm -mm. <laughs> <laughs> I go, I want. Top tier, educated. I want the best of the best yeah. to figure out this fucking mind. <laughs> yeah. uh, maybe that makes me a snob, but um, I do. But I also think like therapy should be available, far more available than it is, and far yeah. more affordable than it is. Yeah, one hundred percent. Well, but, I think um, any action is better than none. Yes, uh, but at the same time. It's real easy to get addicted to the trappings of, of that action without actually making any meaningful change. Mm. 
Ooh, that's that's that, that was a good quote. That was yeah. good. That was a, that was a good one. Oh, more assumptions. Yeah, <laughs> look at I have three more. Oh Jesus! You spoil the fuck out of your dog. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, have you bought him a fancy dog bed that maybe resembles a couch? No, like that kind of spoil, or is it more? He, he has a nice bed, but it's not like we don't treat him like a human. Right, like it's he's a dog, but yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, we get him. He has a nice bed, and he gets some treats, and but he mostly gets loved. Yeah, yeah. I get that sense. I yeah. get the sense that you love the fuck out of that dog. <laughs> love the fuck out of this dog. And like I said something oh. recently on Twitter that was I I don't trust people who don't make a big fuss out of their pets. That's fair. I don't trust people who aren't always so stoked to see their pet. Yeah, because how cool is it to have a little pet? That's yours. That loves you. He, he's he's all love, and like it's in me to give it back. So I will. Oh, I <laughs> but that's actually that. that's funny. That's why I, I didn't want to get a dog because I knew I would love it like too much. Like kind of. Uh, like, like you'd get too close to it. It'd be a problem. Um, you know, and the thing that scares me if they get sick and it costs like so much money to get them healthy or like to maintain. Right. And, uh, that, that kind of thing terrifies me. That is quite terrifying. I will say. But now I'm like, but now that, you know, we've got the dog, I I don't mind. Like we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Cross the bridge when you get there. And there's also, um, cause I've been thinking about too, there's, I mean, I don't, for me personally, I don't have a lot of savings. Um, but there are, there's this, I forget what it's fucking called. It's essentially a credit card for, for pet, for vet services where you can apply for it and it will cover certain things, but you obviously have to pay it back, but it acts like a credit card. Right. And I'm like, like there's stuff like that out there that can like kind of alleviate some of that stress. Cause I have that stress too, where I go, shit, what if something happens? Um, cats, I don't think it's as much as dogs, like dogs. My sister's a vet. Yeah. So she will, like, if you, if I name a breed of dog, she will be like, okay, they can expect this, this, and this. Like (laughs) she's kind of a downer in that way. Yeah. (laughs) She brings it right down. (laughs) What kind of dog is uh, Cooper? He's a, he's a chihuahua cross with something. Okay. So he's a a, a mutt. He's a mutt. Okay. Cause my sister says mutts are the way to go. Yeah. In terms of. So clearly. In terms of dogs that she approves of. It's so insane that people want a specific kind of dog. Like they're all good. Like fuck your desires to have a particular dog. And it's like so specific too. Like there are, there are like people that I know whose family has only ever owned one breed of dog. Yeah. And it's insane to me. I get that more now because I like, I know this guy. Right. And if, if I lost him, I would want this guy again. You'd want a similar, the same kind of breed. Well, that's, I think I'd be tempted to find the same breed because what I want is, is coops. Yeah, you want you one want- one one more time. So uh, you know, I could see that being a thing where you love the dog, so you're like, "Well, that worked. Maybe the next one will be just like right." Because there's like a genetic assumption about the character, and there's also probably a comfort level with like the disposition of the dog and the the particular breed sure, yeah, that yeah, you yeah. that you grow attached to. That you're like, I would like that again, kind of thing. Isn't that messed up that we bred? 
personalities into dogs. <gasps> we really have, eh? Yeah, no, that is 100% the whole point. Yes. You dog eugenics. Dogs are eugenics. Like golden retrievers are like always associated with like the perfect family because they're usually seen as the most perfect dog. They're friendly. They're kind of dumb. <laughs> yeah. You know? A little, you know, like I think you want a little dumb in a dog. Yeah, you do. Big dumb dogs are the best. Big dumb dogs. Big dumb ones. I like. I feel uh, like little dumb ones are, are are more like they're more easy to make fun of. Yeah, yeah. Coops, uh, Coops isn't. He's he's not an idiot, but he's not smart either. Do you dress him up in things? Uh, he's he's got a kerchief or two we put on him for uh, special occasions, but that's it. Cute. Yeah, oh. he's the best. Oh, I love that. I love that you have him. Oh, <laughs> that makes me so happy. Uh, okay. Another assumption. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know if this is even a, an assumption so much as a fact that I just know about you having, having like hung around you so long. Yeah. Um, you have a great way of telling it like it is without being an asshole. Hey, I'll take that. Which is, I think, a, a, like a great trait to have. It, here's the thing. I have reads on folks. Yes, you do. But like, I'm not mad at them. No. You just, you, you observe human behavior and you yeah. say, this is what I've observed about you. Yeah. You know, and, and, uh, well, I keep a lot to myself. So as, as far as telling it like it is, I, sometimes I don't, it's like, I will, I'll keep something <laughs> under my head, uh, but I'll, but I'll have an opinion, but like, it doesn't need to trouble people. And I, I don't feel like I'm not mad that someone acts in a way that I wouldn't. Right. You know? There, yeah, yeah. It comes off as very judgment free. Yeah, people are people. Everybody's fucked. We're all doing our best, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Right. Do you want to <laughs> We have to tell the listeners about what you said about me that I, I want to get printed on my wall. Um, which is you said that I'm classically insecure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it just was so dead on. That like, I was just like, that was a masterpiece and no one will ever just, I don't know. It was just like such a simple, again, non-judgmental. I mean, what I want to emphasize there is like how much is put on classic. Cause yeah. it's like, it's like vintage. Almost. Vintage, yeah, that's what you said. It's almost <laughs> vintage. It's like, it's like a, a car with fins. <laughs> You're like, oh yeah, well that is a classic. Look at that. Like, it's not, it's not like. What I would drive, but like I, you look at him like, wow, that is, <laughs> that is they don't cherry. Make, they don't make them like me anymore. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> these kids, yeah. these kids growing up, I have no idea. Um, <laughs> yeah. And, and, uh, yeah, to be clear, like I'm not trying to. No, no. Yeah. But I, I think, yeah, you're an insecure person. But it's funny to me because just the classic, classically. Yeah. Insecure. Yeah. It's almost vintage. Um, okay. My last assumption is just a funny one. I just said, I feel like you have, you own a lot of leather bound books and your place smells of rich mahogany. <laughs> That's an Anchorman reference, everybody. Yeah. For those who don't know. <laughs> um, mahogany. mahogany. What did I say? Mahogany. Oh, shit. <laughs> I combined mahogany with monogamy. Yeah, 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 yeah. When you're uh, committed to one brand of wood. Fuck, that's one, funny. One species of wood. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah. <laughs> that's so, funny. so that's not true, but I get what you're saying. Your aesthetic to me is like a cozy cabin with a lot of dark wood. I'm yeah. just like, yeah, like you're a cozy person. I like cozy. Like you, that's just like what I associate I like, with. I like a cozy. But not just like cozy, not like we're in a onesie and we're eating popcorn in bed. More like you're in a nice cabin with like a fireplace burning and everything is nice and tidy. Are you a neat person? Um, kind of. Okay. I put like, I will let things get messy and then I'll clean it up at the end of the day. Yeah. 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 Like I just, I, I just feel coziness and like, like, yeah. Manliness, like a masculine cozy. Maybe that's the way to describe it. Well, <laughs> well, all right. Take the compliment, Kyle. I will. That's a good compliment. I will. No, no. I like I like you're, it cozy. You're flannel and a human. I don't. There's not like a ton of leather and like dark wood in my living situation, but definitely like wood tones. Would like, there be? I like if you, some. If you could design your dream place, would it be? Not all the way through, but yeah, I could, okay. I could do with a room. <laughs> you know, a study. I can, a desk. With some books on the desk. I don't know. Yeah. yeah. I'm just like creating Kyle's room. One of those green banker's lamps. Yes. Yeah. 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 I feel like if you were to burn a candle, it would be like a tobacco scent. Oh, yeah. Candle. Yeah. Yeah. Fuck yeah. I love, I do love, I know it's ridiculous when things are marketed to men. But, you know, you see a scented candle that's like rum and tobacco. And I'm like, that's, oh, fuck yeah. That's yours. Yeah, I could deal with that. I feel like if I feel you don't have children, but I feel like if you did have children, they would go to that section of Kohl's where they have all the dad gifts. <laughs> they would buy you stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> like the 10 year pen or whatever it is, or like, uh, like those gimmicky things. Yeah. And I wouldn't be happy about it. <laughs> That would be, yeah, that, you're right. You're right. They would, and I wouldn't like it. They're like, yeah, thanks. Oh, that's so funny. Actively choking down my disappointment. I love gifts that are meant to be gifts. They're never oh, good. They're awful. They're never good. Yeah. Well, I mean, there was a period where we got my dad, like, the joke books. Because, mm. like, I don't want to, I shouldn't put him on blast and on the public record, but he liked the Red Green show. Oh. <laughs> so he definitely got, like, the Red Green book because I was, like, you know, eight and, you know, need to get dad a gift. And we're like, let's get him this because that's a thing he likes. Oh. And then he gets it and he's like, huh. Thanks. <laughs> it, it is. Let me fucking gift giving. Oh my God. It is such an awkward thing because that you said that and it reminded me of um, a gift my parents got me a couple of years ago, which was podcasting for dummies. <laughs> yeah. Again, because it was that, oh, she podcasts. Yeah. She'd love this, but it's like low key a backhanded compliment. <laughs> Um, what, one of my favorite aunts got me once an Eckhart Tolle book. What's and that? It was like a spiritual self-help kind oh. of dude. And like not the worst of that ilk, but, mm. but, you know, definitely like, you know, seek the authenticity within. And I'm like, oh no, Marg, do you know me? <laughs> I thought we were tight. 
You're like, I'm already there. I don't need this. Yeah. I read cunts. <laughs> oh, fuck. This is why I don't like giving gifts. Cause like there's so much opportunity to offend somebody. Yeah. I think the, the guide is you get something that they would love, but wouldn't buy themselves. Or, and I think can't go wrong with a gift card. You really can't. Yeah, you can. <laughs> Are you anti gift card? No, I'm I not. guess it depends on where to. Um, I might be anti gift card. Like yeah? I'm, I'm always happy to get one, especially if it's for a thing that I like. But it, but it is then like kind of. Now lazy. I gotta go make a decision. Oh, I see what you mean. And I don't know when I'm getting to chapters next. I don't go out there all the time. See where I go. I don't trust other people to make the decision, and I'm a control freak. So yeah. I love a gift card. Yeah. Because like I've. My mom has consistently gotten gifts wrong with me. Yeah. Like she's never really. Podcasting for dummies. She doesn't quite hit the mark. She she should have gotten you a podcasting for complete idiots. (laughs) For blithering, drooling. I'm I'm sorry. No, no, no. It's, 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 and I'm so bad at hiding my reactions. Yeah. When I get a gift that kind of like you, I don't like. You do have an expressive face. I really do. I got to get like, better at that. Yeah. You're like uh, you're like a silent film actor. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. Like sort of like. I don't like, need to talk. Yeah. No, it's just like like Lon Chaney <laughs> transforming into the wolf man. Sarah has just let you know that she does not like the podcasting for dummies book. <laughs> and like it goes to a dialogue card, but you didn't need oh, it. Oh man. And like I don't know how your family does or did Christmas in terms of opening gifts, but we would do the One everyone a has a turn. Yeah. So all eyes are on you. Yeah. One year my mom got me a sewing machine. <laughs> <laughs> Why, you ask? Because I made a Wonder Woman costume for Halloween and she assumed I was now pursuing costume design and that I would be making, little did she know, my Wonder Woman costume was like a cheap corset that I bought at like a a lingerie store and then I glue glue gunned. Yeah, hot glue. Yeah, I did hot Hot glue. glue, bitch. The whole thing was hot glue. Like I even like hot glued little stars on like a white uh, bodysuit. Um... And it was, and I was just like, oh, I'm not going to use this mom. Yeah. Also, like, sh- she knows where you live, right? Like, you're not fitting. A sewing machine, right? Yeah, like, what, yeah, put it on the, like, this desk that you're podcasting right? from, like, every other day? Like, for, no. Yeah. And I think that's the problem, too. What I'm hearing is your mom's getting you things for, like, life directions. Like, she's still yes. trying to be like. Yeah. Well, maybe you could be this. Yes, exactly. Yeah. God bless her. I, 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 I just, uh, well now she asks specifically, what do you want? And I, I used to not, I used to not tell her and I said, now I just give her a list. <laughs> yeah. 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 Don't get me anything, but if you're going to get me something, get this. And I, I liked it. I also love just like sending the Amazon wish list just mm. to be like, yeah, like I have a little wish list here. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, I just think it's, it's, it's the better way to go. Cause I, otherwise I, I will not like it. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, well, if you want her to stop, just start uh, sending her like the Adam and the Eve like wish list. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's funny. I need water-based lube, okay? <laughs> Not silicone. Water-based. Fuck. Oh, man, that's funny. All right, those are the assumptions. Sure, yeah. I think yeah. I, I, think I did pretty good at them. I think it's pretty good. I, I don't think I did too bad. Um, so now I'm curious. Now we're going to get into the rants. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to do the rant. You have one for me, I think. Yeah, no, I think um, I, I forget what prompted me to want to say it oh, earlier. Writing, we were talking about. Yeah. My my rant is, I think a lot of folks get into comedy thinking there are funny things to talk about. And that's it. Mm. Like you can go up and talk about a funny thing uh, and people will find it funny. Uh, and I want to be like, no, oh. that's where you start. And you like you need to like you can't go up with a premise. You can if you're ready to bomb to find the thing, but like there's a next step, and that's I think that's my rant is oh. like stop stop just assuming the premise is the job done. Oh, okay. Well, so I I'll tell you about this. Yeah. Um. So I recently closed out Oasis. First time closing out an open mic. Oh yeah. How was um, that? Oh, it was terrible. <laughs> <laughs> because happen. the crowd yeah. was god awful. And I will blame the crowd this time because they didn't even give Claire Belfort what she deserved. Sure. Um, and she was the first one up and all of us went, Claire's not getting stuff. Oh yeah. shit. Like, you know, when the fear of God comes in comics, Yeah, yeah. Um, that's essentially what happened. And essentially every comic was in survival mode at that point. And a lot of us went, fuck this show. <laughs> we don't fucking. Care. And I was proud of myself. Cause I was just very much so just like, I don't fucking care. Yeah, I'm yeah, not sure. nervous. I'm just going to go up and do the thing. And, that, and that's, fuck it. that's worth a lot. You know, I think, I think so. I think so. Cause I think other, otherwise I would have, overthought it and like just made myself not have fun. Instead I went, this is a shitty show. Let's, let's, let's drive it into the ground. You know, <laughs> um, point the nose down, <laughs> but it was really funny because there was this guy and he was clearly a little, a little drunk. What? Um, and at Oasis and he came up to me or came up to like comics yeah. and he did the whole, you know, I've always wanted to try comedy. I've, I've always thought about it. And like all of us were just like, yeah, man. Yeah. Do it up. Ask Dave for a spot sometime. And <laughs> but I see yeah. when people like that corner me, I get too encouraging. And I should not encourage everyone to like do stand up. But yeah. I also was uncomfortable. Anyways, this guy um uh heckled Albert during Albert's set. Albert was on right before me. And um I think he said something. It didn't quite land. And he, he said something like uh, that joke didn't work or he said something. Yeah. And the guy, the guy in the crowd was like, it doesn't matter if you have jokes as long, <laughs> 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 something along those lines. And uh, I was just like, Oh God, that's such a fucking, a certain personality types perspective of stand up where it's like, I'm just going to get up there and talk about a funny story or like, yeah. or like, most times it's stories I find. I find they get up and they tell 
about something funny that happened to them. Right. And there's no like twist or like, and there's no stories can be bad. No structure or thought put into it. And there's, it's not written as a joke. It's just, it's more like storytelling. Yeah. And I fucking hate that. I think stories are bad. I think trying to make a point is bad too. And like, again, like whatever you can make a point, but I think it's the thing where people see the very best go up and they're like, Oh, they're just saying what they think. And no, no, they're not. They are very carefully walking you through a garden path that was like built off of an initial impulse that they edited the fuck down, like over hundreds of sets and then like arrived at the, like the parts that still mattered to them yeah. enough that they could kind of get to them while with you on board. But I think a lot of folks see that and um, I'm not pointing to, um, there's a tendency to interpret this in terms of like a, a political spectrum, left or right. Ah. I think that's insane. Um, yeah. But like, I will say like anyone can go up and just start saying, telling you how it is. And it's like, yeah. no, it's, it's yeah. not. Like yeah. either, either we agree with you or we don't. And if you're not like trying to do anything like just going up with the premise of what you wanted to say mm-hmm. and not thinking about like, okay, who am I up here? How am I interacting with these people? You know, like what, how are they going to react to this thing? How do I deal with that reaction? Yeah. You know, like, yep, 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 yep. Or, or vice versa, not, uh, you know, a political point, but go up and you want to say something kind of contentious. Just like, I'm going to say the thing that's going to make everyone uncomfortable. Uh, It's like, cool. Then you have to release that. Yes. You need the thing that's like, you say it and everybody's like, ooh. And then, you you know, just going, oh, you guys didn't like that. (laughs) It's like. (laughs) Which is such a go-to for so many comics. Yeah. It's like, no, they didn't. We didn't. What are you doing? (laughs) That's always a tough one. Yeah. It is, and it, I, I maybe I associate it with it being like a new comic thing to do that. Oh, but, uh, I'm sure. I, well, and I'm sure you can find lifers who still do it, but they're also the ones not getting, you know, booked. I just feel like yeah, if your goal is clapping, that's not stand up. You know, yeah, make a YouTube channel or something, or or do a TED talk, or even yeah, but that's so, not comedy. Yeah, well, and that's. There needs to be a next step. Yes. And that's, that's, that's my point. That's my rant is like, you start from a premise. When I, when I taught writing to like university students, like university writing. Yeah. What I would say, and it was like, it was an English class and people were like, I don't know how to write about books. And I was like, okay, this is what you do. You read the thing. Think about the thing that uh, bothers you or the thing that excites you. Yeah. I love that. And then ask, why does that bother me or excite me? And then ask, why once more? Why is that the reason why I'm excited or bothered? And if you can answer that second why, you've you've got a paper. You've got a good paper. Interesting. And I feel like a lot of people doing stand-up, especially in the first few years, and like, you know, whatever, you grow at your own pace. But like, I think you got to get past that premise from like, from just talking about a thing that bothered you to like reflecting, who am I in this? Yes. Why is this a problem? 
do I want to just lecture the audience? And like, I think you shouldn't. I think you should try to build a bond with them in some capacity, even yeah. if it's in that like kind of play of antagonism. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But I think you got to get to the next step. Like, why am I bothered? Why is that silly? Who am I in this? Why, why am I being ridiculous in this? Mm. And I want to bring that back to that premise you said about body positivity. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you've already done the work, I think, of going to the next step. Like body positivity. Not for me. Not for me. Which is already like funny. And then you're exploring like your relationship to it. Yes. And you're not just trying to tell people body positivity is bullshit. It's right. just like you're fat, you're unhealthy, fucking. I'm not getting on a soapbox. Yeah. But I'm I'm trying to what I'm trying to do, I think, is I'm maybe this is just generally my approach with stand up is like, I want to bring people to those. Uh, I hate saying the word, word uncomfortable, but those feelings that we have that we don't necessarily say out loud yeah. that are in a lot of us, but, and maybe we don't say them out loud because of the climate or, 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 or whatever, whatever. but, or, or for whatever reason we're, we're scared to offend or, something but like these I, I just my thing is is like I just want people to relate to what I'm saying and yeah. also find it funny and I want to twist it and have them you know hear it in a different way that's funny yeah that's kind of my goal um clapter is just not that's not what you want no that's unless it comes after a laugh yeah and like you, you can loop it in but like yeah you want you want something else there but I, I think like to me it's way more compelling that you've already contextualized this and like yeah. your own feelings and your own insecurities and like why yeah because <laughs> like because you still have hope yeah you know yeah like i could get skinny <laughs> you know there's and, still hope for me i can change it <laughs> yeah no but, it's it's exploring those topics and i actually fucking gotta say i love podcasting for that reason yeah I find that this podcast has helped, and I think a number of comics have come out with bits from things that we've discussed on the show. I got nothing. Because we, not yet, Kyle. All right. Not yet. Sure. But because in conversation, that can naturally happen. Yeah. Like 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 if you're talking about something and you're bouncing I do off find each other. Conversation, just bouncing, like riffing. Yeah, for sure. Like certain subjects, you might, you might just like have a moment of, ooh, I can incorporate that somehow in a joke. Yeah. If you Somehow. can find one thought that's well expressed and you know is funny, yes, then that can be the linchpin for everything else. Yes, you're like it retroactively determines your entire path through. It's like a work back, like in yeah, in in many ways. The I'm I know I'm old because I still want to be skinny. Was that for me? I was like, oh my god, that's the line that like I think I can work with. Either whether it's the end point is that line or the beginning point. I don't know. I don't really know yet. I'm still exploring that. But um, it's it's it, at the end of it, I I do compare it to anal sex and I say like I'm really glad you guys are all doing it. Yeah, it's just not for me. Sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like something like that. But I. Yeah. 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 But I think there's there's something rich there. Yeah. In that like. You're too insecure for body positivity. Like you're yes. too committed to the insecurity. Yes. Yeah. Like yes. that's. Yes. Because it's ingrained in me. Yeah. As a woman of 35, as probably a lot of people in their mid thirties, women specifically probably grew up with mothers who put them on, on, you know, weight watchers at age 15. Yeah. They were the original gaslighters. 
Sure. Our mothers. And then, but there's also the weird way in which body positivity is just another thing you have to do now. Yeah. <laughs> like, bitch, yeah. I'm already busy. I'm busy. I'm busy dieting. Yeah. I'm trying to lose weight and now I need to love myself on top of that. <laughs> Fuck you. Uh, it's just so much work, Kyle. Fuck. Yeah. And I don't feel like it's, I don't feel like it's the same with men. And that's a whole other topic I'm exploring. Just the idea that like the idea of loving ourselves is certainly more on women than men, like in terms of the things that are marketed to us and shit like that. Right. But it's a very specific kind. Yeah. Like you're supposed to love yourself in an Instagram friendly kind of way. Yes, that's right. And that's, that's why I fucking hate it. Brutal. That's why I fucking hate it. Yeah. Ugh, I could pop up, pop off about this forever. I will say, um, I've, I've said this before. I might've said this to you. But uh, might have said this on this podcast, but it seems pertinent, which is like I did have a moment of body positivity for myself, which was realizing that in gay culture, I'm a bear and that's not bad. And just yes. knowing just knowing that there are men who would absolutely fuck me yes. was like, oh, everything makes sense now. <laughs> Cause like, yeah, I, I wanted to be a, you know, skinny faced guy. I'm not a, like, even if I dieted so much, my face would still be wide as fuck, you know? Yeah. It's, it's acceptance. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I'm supposed to look basically like this. Yeah. And I mean, yeah, that's, that's a whole thing too. Well, there, what's that saying? It's like, you can't ick someone's yum or something like that. Uh, oh, there's, don't, there's yuck, a, don't yuck my yum. Don't yuck. And there's a shoe for every foot. Or uh, yeah. Jack for every Jill. That's kind of heteronormative. But sure. But yeah, but then. no, I mean, I don't even think it was that. I think it was just like in one culture <laughs> that You're I, I work, that I'm killing it, even if it's not one I participate in and kind of wish I could sometimes, <laughs> but it's just not me. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> that's so fucking But fun. just just knowing that the in one field, I am a snack was like, ah. Yeah, that works. Um, you you are not a single man, but I think a lot of single people figure this out based on the matches they get on right. dating sites. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I said this on Matt's podcast, but like I've determined that I'm the level of attractive that like every now and then a guy who's a ten will slip through the cracks and be into me, but for the most part, like threes still think they have a chance. <laughs> Which is like when you look, when I look at my matches, it's sure. quite apparent that there's a certain type of man that's into me, and I'm not really into that type of man. That's kind of sad. Hey, anyway. that's, you know, that's fair. Yeah, I haven't found my my bear equivalent yet. Yeah, for me specifically. But yeah, like the thing that that works. Yeah, it's, it's almost like. It, you need a tag that works. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Not like a comedy tag, like a, like a hashtag, like, uh, this, yes. you know, just, just to organize your own, even approach to yourself. Mm, oh, 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 you know, <laughs> that's interesting. Like I'm this, so I'm going to dress in this way. I'm gonna, and like, yeah. I will say yeah. the word bear for me was like, okay, no, that makes sense. And like it did like, no, you know, I'm not shying away from plaid. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and yeah. I'll dress cozy. I will dress as well as I can. This is a chambray, you know, I think you always dress quite, quite nice. Thank you. Oh yeah. But yeah, like, you know, I, you, yeah. you definitely appear as someone who has their shit together. Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. 
But I do. Uh, <laughs> no, no, no. It's so funny. I have friends. I have friends in the scene who are, who are younger men. Yeah. Who are very fashion oriented, who wear shit where I'm like, what are you doing? You can, we could just name them Kyle at this I mean, point. yeah, we can. Like, like, we're at uh, over an hour. Yeah, it's a lot true. Of people have What's up, it. Mitch? Oh, uh, shit. No, like Mitch, Mitch is a beautiful guy, but like he, he makes, he makes big swings and like carries it with like, hey, this is what looking good is. And I'm like, is it? Is it? <laughs> is is it, it really? And I get it. I'm not playing the fashion game, but I, I make choices to like look fine. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I do. I do. It's, it is. Interesting that like certain people have a style. Yeah. And that's, you know, it's cool. And I, like, I respect even the like experimenting with how Ye- you look. Yeah. Like, yeah. I, th- I think that's cool. I'm not going to do it. Yeah. <laughs> like not in the same way. I'll do like very slight. <laughs> slight alterations. Slight alterations. I'll incorporate a little more color, you know, maybe. Slight enhancements. Slight enhancements. Yeah. So like walking back the thing with Mitch. Mitch, you're great. Um, like, yeah, he's like, yeah, let's let's fucking try this. And it, and to him, that's what's cool. And I think it is cool. But I also think like, you know, give it, it, give it 10 years and look at these photos. I was going to say, I think it's also very much so an age thing. Yeah. Early 20s. True. true. Figuring out what you want to what you want to look like. I've I've uh, I've realized that. The female comics that I look up to where I go, oh my God, I wish, like, I wish I was that cool. Mm. This is a weird observation I had recently. It's like, <laughs> this is so weird. And I think I, I I told Claire this when she was on the show. Welcome to Halifax like, Comedy Fashion Cast. The way that certain female comics wear a pair of jeans. Sure. In a way that's like, you know that they're not like bloated in them, that they're like fully comfortable. Yeah. And it looks so effortless and cool. I will never be one of those girls, but I look like I'm, I'll wear a dress. Like, um, I'll, I'll, you know, wear a skirt or whatever instead. Um, but I, I just like look at them and I'm like, Oh my God, I wish I was that fucking effortlessly cool, Yeah, but it's just not me. Yeah. And that's fine. And at 35, I go, this is just who I am. That's right. I'm not going to be the chill, cool girl on stage. I'm just not. It's true. I'm gonna- <laughs> hey, you're, you know, you know, cheers to that. Cheers I'm a little to, bit out, but yeah. Cheers to accepting ourselves for who we are. That's it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, I wouldn't say you're not cool, but I would say you are not chill. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly not. Yeah. You're kind of, there's always a little bit of a, there's always a, a little edge, eh? A little bit. Yeah. Little bit. And it's not like, it's not off putting, you know, like some people you talk to and you're like, Ooh, this is, you are a live wire. You don't have that. You just seem like. There's a little bit of uptightness. You're not entirely comfortable. No. Um, it's actually a very much so a goal of mine to become a little more chill. I, I, I feel like I'm getting there with stand up. <sighs> I feel like I'm getting a little more yeah. like I just I, I try not to overthink things anymore. Um, yeah, which is nice, like to not overanalyze every single thing. Yep. Uh, I also just want to have more fucking f- fun and embrace joy. There's a that's yeah, my goal. I think that comes with time, but it, yeah, it does come with like 
Just being open to what's happening, not expecting a set to be any one thing. Yeah, that's that. Yeah, that's the thing. I got like so many messages with Oasis being like, oh my God, congratulations. And I found that funny. (laughs) I found that funny personally because, (laughs) because I was like, I've done, no offense Oasis, I've done bigger shows that were paid shows that were like 15 minute sets. Like I've. I've already done this. That's true. I would <laughs> just generally, I would rather be past the point where I, where you thinking to congratulate me for something. Yeah. I like, yeah. I would so rather just be like, no, that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. Cause the congratulations is, is kind of almost being like, be. I know that you wanted this so bad. Yeah. Or like, uh, <laughs> or that little bit of condescension, like, uh, wow, you're doing just great champ. <laughs> No, yeah, I would. Yeah, I'd I'd so much rather just like someone sees me on the bill and just be think, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's where he's supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And in which case, it's not so much congratulations; it's more of like, oh my god, dude, that's awesome. Yeah, that's a better way to say it. Yeah, are you are you stoked? Like, yeah, it's fine. There'll be another set. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, navigating like compliments with. Stuff like that is always like uh, Matt with his album taping. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I, it was, it was just, it was funny to me because I was just so like, oh my god! <laughs> like I, I definitely like I, I, and then I realized right away my energy was too much for what it was for him. Yeah, that I was like, oh, it's <laughs> like a balloon, like <laughs> de- like deflating in front of it. Yeah, and, you know, don't feel bad about that. But I also like, yeah. I, I feel that just like, no, I mean, I think it makes sense for me to do now. And uh, yeah. Yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's not making or breaking anything. It's just another thing that I'm doing. It's another, it's another thing you're doing, Great. but you Let's know what? Some people don't do it. And Some I, people I, don't do and it. And I think that that's something comics should be proud for. I think comics, like if it is something like an album recording or something like that's fucking awesome. You took the initi- initiative to do it. That is a cool thing. Yeah. The fact that you did the thing. Um, but Oh, no, we have the third segment. That guy rules. I missed that. Matt I, was, I missed his uh, taping. I was, uh, I was like hammered with deadlines. I was so tired. Aww. I've been, I've been a little out of the game for a while. Yeah. You so. tend to, you, you're someone who, and I'll say this before we get to the next segment. Um, like, uh, I really, I look up to your relationship with comedy. And by that, I mean the, you're not someone I don't see you on every single show poster. Yeah. But like, that's a good thing. I'm not. Yeah. I don't, I don't, you know, cause like there's some people that I'm just like, I'm exhausted for you <laughs> right now. Like I, how are you doing this? But like, you're someone who like what I would say is like, you make it count. Like you come back. That's what I try for with a beefy set. That's like, new and try to have some thoughts. Yeah. Which is like, so like, and I, I strive to be that eventually like someone who like, it's like quality over quantity. Yeah. I really respect that in a comic. Yeah. I try to get up a couple times a week, but I'm not grinding it out. Like if I was 20 and I didn't have anything else to live for. That's just it. (laughs) Like I'm not, I'm not competing with that. I, I would lose in that competition. There's other things that make you happy outside of comedy. Yeah. Yeah. And I'd, I'd rather like feed my brain. Yeah. Ooh. Then like just do the same things every every week with all the same people. And I love a lot of folks, you know. Yeah. Love seeing, uh, you know, everybody. But like, 
doing the same thing every night would not. Would not be beneficial for him. Yeah, I wouldn't be getting new stuff out of it, you know? No. Anyway, but... Um, but that boundary is a good thing. Yeah, but I was sad. I, I missed I just couldn't make it out to that recording, and I would love to see, to see it. I thought he did great. He wasn't the most thrilled with, with his tapings. Yeah. Um, but, like, I was just like, oh, I thought that was fucking awesome. Yeah, well, we'll but we're, all, we're all too hard on ourselves, just generally speaking. He's... So good. Matt, you rule. Matt, you fucking rule, man. Oh my God. One of my favorite like humans on this earth and like podcast guests and everything. So it's pretty, pretty fucking awesome that he did that. It, we still don't have an album name. So I, but stay tuned for his, his album coming out. Do you ever want to do, do an album? Yeah. You did, you did the asses of, but did you ever want to do your own? Yeah. I'm in no rush though. No, no rush. I'd rather like, yeah, I just want to, I like getting better. Yeah. And having new stuff and kind of, I'm always looking for the next like breakthrough. Cause I think breakthroughs come from new material Yeah, where you write a thing where you're like, this is the new level I'm at. Yeah. Like, maybe you go back and edit the things that you have been doing based on this new standard that you've Ooh. discovered. Yeah. You know, that's great. But like, I feel like there's, I just want to work on the next thing. That's really, that's a good, like realistic goal to have. Yeah. There's a lot of people with unrealistic goals. That's no fun. Yeah. yeah I yeah. mean. Keep it simple, stupid. Keep it simple. I, you know, I'm in it for the work itself. Like, I just like it. See, and that's, a, I think, the key. I think yeah. the key to happiness in stand-up is, is just genuinely, like, enjoying the process of comedy. I love it. I love every part. I, like, yeah. I even love the misery. Yeah. 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 It's like, oh, yeah, this is what this feels like. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing like a good bomb. Oh, yeah. Every now you know? and then. Every now and then. Every now and then it humbles you. <laughs> yeah. Pretty good. Weirdly. Like, oh, now I get a pizza and, <laughs> and then I go to bed. <laughs> you know? Now I get to treat myself. Yeah. I, I get to console myself with a slice on the way home. Stop by Randy's. Is, I don't that, know. is that how you process bombs? Uh, it w Once or twice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know that it's the rule, but like I've definitely been like, oh, calories. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. You're someone I, I, I've never seen you react badly after like bad sets or anything. I mean, they don't matter. They don't matter. Well, that's just it. Everybody. They truly don't matter. Have that mentality and you'll be fine. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we've had good ones. We've had bad ones. More of each will come. More of each will come. That's a great way to look at it. Um, okay. Third segment. My yeah. favorite segment. Because this is what tells the audience and me why you're not perfect. So what's wrong with you? What's that? <laughs> Stop. When I asked that to Kathleen, she just didn't miss me. She was like, I have ass cancer. Like, yeah. <laughs> I was like, Kathleen, No. <laughs> She does have ass cancer. She does, in fact, have that. You know, know thyself. Um, yeah, no, I was, I was thinking about this. I mean, so many things. Yeah. Clearly, like, fuck it. You know, we're all working on it. We're all bags of issues. We're all bags of issues. Uh, yeah, I think one thing, uh, one thing that um, is something, been an issue my whole life uh, that I think I'm getting better at. And also, I've found a way to help it work for me. Ooh. Is I was like, uh, not a, um, I was a serial hobbyist 
where I would try everything. Yeah. I kind of draw. I kind of play guitar. Yes. I kind of write poems and stories and stuff. And then just like all this stuff where I just try everything and I'm working on it, working on it. And the problem is I would get to a point where to push through, I would need to like really focus and like work the fundamentals and do the shit. And then I would stop and go to the next thing. Like, you know, would you succeed at the first, at the first one? Uh, no. Or That's master it? Yeah. No, no. Yeah. <laughs> just like stop, but like slowly build skills in a lot of different things without like ever focusing in that way. We're like, Oh, I'm going to get yeah. to the next level. Uh huh. Yeah. Did this start at a young age? Yeah. So what types of things were you involved with as a young kid? Yeah. Uh, uh drawing. Yeah. That was, uh, in grade school. I was big into drawing. Um, Same, actually. Loved it. yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I loved comedy in grade school. Didn't know you could do it, but I just loved it and like read a lot about it. I, I read so much. I liked fantasy novels. I wanted to write fantasy. And then I loved comics and I wanted to write comics. I wanted to draw comics. So we, we covered some of this already. Oh my gosh. And then in my 20s, I learned, I well, I was a poet. Yeah. I wrote poetry of like one, you know, I've placed in, I would in contests. I would love to read one of your poems. Uh, they're around. I don't know. It's been a long time, but you know, I don't, uh, it's fine. Uh, yeah. 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 And then like, uh, just like that was, and learned some guitar, wanted to yeah. write songs also. And it, I think it was all tied to that fear of like, if you try really hard at something and fail, then that means you're bad. So I would not do something perfectly. You know mm. what I mean? Like if I, if I don't, if I'm just a fuck up. You know, then maybe I'm a troubled genius oh, I who see. just hasn't tested himself yet. But if I could get it together, I would discover that I'm secretly brilliant. Oh, I see what you mean. I think that was a part of it. And then also the thing where just like, yeah, it's easier to go to do something else. Oh, my God. But, you know, I'm also widely interested in things. I like yes. learning about lots of stuff. And, uh, you know, when I was studying to, to become a professor... I, I was, I had a real tough time concentrating on just the one thing because I, I, I lost interest in it. Right. And I ran a video game criticism website and I took up comedy. Yeah. <laughs> and I wrote a, you know, a fringe play and uh, was still drawing and like playing guitar and meeting with friends and doing all that shit. And I got to say in the last few years, my life has gotten a lot smaller in a good way Ah, where I have a job that I like that I work full time and I really only have time for comedy and then like my relationships. It's f kind of forced you into focusing. It's kind of forced me into focusing. You've, you've built a life that has made you choose. Yeah. What, you, where you're putting your energy. Yeah. In terms of extracurricular. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yes. But at the That's same fantastic. time, I think I've found a, a job where all that like weird going around doing all sorts of things. I'm like weirdly well suited for the work that I do. Oh, that's really nice. Which needs a lot of knowledge for lots of stuff where like I'll talk with a client and they'll propose a project for like, we're going to teach kids about uh, augmented reality. I'll be like, okay, yeah. 
I know exactly what you're talking you, you about. You know, you know a thing or two about the thing that I know. Yeah, and like a wide variety of that's things. one example. But yeah, like just everything. I kind of oh, I can pull a lot. So what what maybe you would have considered a flaw yeah. has now become an, adv- an advantage. And I think even in the context, working on a PhD, that generalist knowledge was not serving me. Yeah. But then in this context, like fucking rules. And I, I think like too, like you saying you have a job you love. Oh my God. Ain't that nice. It's good. To like not hate your life every day. Yeah. 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 That's so nice. It's pretty good. Like there are things that I would change. I, I would like to work less. Yeah. Cause it's been, it's been all out. Um, yeah. But, uh, but no, it's like good. It really works. God, I relate so much to the serial hobbyist thing. Yeah. I was the same fucking way. Yeah. Tried everything. Did guitar, gymnastics, soccer, sure. horseback riding. Like I I did so much and I I was I would have called myself actually a serial quitter. Oh, interesting. Cuz I wouldn't even try to get to that next level. I would yeah, just try yeah. it very briefly and quit. Interesting. I think there's, yeah, that's so interesting. My mom, this is, you know, getting into it. She wouldn't let me quit things. Oh. But to a point where I think it was like, uh, there was another problem with like (laughs) the lesson where it's like, no, you're not good enough to leave something. Mm. You know, you owe it to this. And I kind of. It was a discipline. It was a discipline, but it was also weird. Where like, um, uh, I was a cadet. Oh, okay. I was in the cadets. Oh, shit. As a teen. Oh, man. And I had got a lot of good out of it. But then like around 15, 16, I was like, I feel like I'm done. And she was like, no. Because she weirdly got more into it than I was. She like joined the, the parents committee <laughs> oh. and like helped run the fundraising shit. And, um, and it, like, I don't think she was getting anything out of it either. So that's the weird thing. It wasn't like she was she was more into it, so she needed me to like keep her in it. Hmm. But it was more like this weird sense of like, no, you got something out of this, so now you stay in it until it's over. Oh, she she wanted you to see it through. Yeah, but I, I feel like in the way where um there was no through. It was just like, no, more of this, keep going. Huh. Um so I don't know that this is tied to the thing that I was just talking about necessarily. But I definitely got like an internalized sense of, oh, no, no, no. I need to prove myself Uh, to these things. I think that's a good thing. Versus my mentality of my parents didn't really discipline me in that way. They just let me quit. Yep. Um, And which I think probably attributed to a lower work ethic in my early life. Sure. But now I've overcompensated for that. (laughs) And at this age in my thirties where it's like, now I'm like, oh no, I got to work, 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 work. Well, prove, 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 prove. That's good then. I mean, let's face it. None of us are getting through this unscathed. God, no. It's like everything is going to be a trauma (laughs) at some level. Like any experience you have, you're going to have something in yourself that you don't feel entirely in control of. Yeah. And uh, it's going to be because of something that happened, probably related to your parents. It is shocking how much I was like tied to childhood. Of course. Yeah. Uh, It's like such a cliche thing and like psychology and stuff. But like it is like 
so true. Yeah, we're just loose bundles of coping mechanisms. We really, really are. That's it. Yeah. That like we've just developed over time. And then and then eventually you like when you're like in your 30s, you start to like put the pieces of the puzzle together. Yeah. Whereas I feel like in your 20s, you were just literally surviving and having fun too. Um, But then when your 30s catch up to you and and you start tying all your life issues back to childhood, it's just like, oh, the puzzle's coming together here, which is so interesting. (laughs) And you start to figure it out because they become maladaptive. Yes. Because like they kind of work for a while. They do. And then you hit a point where you're like, why isn't this working anymore? (laughs) Yep. Yep. Yeah. Why am I so unhappy? So I don't know if I told you about my cringe Halifax experience. No. I mean, could be any of them. (laughs) (laughs) So true. Um, So Ryan William has this show called Cringe Halifax. Okay. And the whole point of the show, he's only done two so far. Uh, But I was part of the first one. And the whole point of the show was... You bring like something like uh, whether it's like diary entries, maybe poems you've written when you were younger, like something from your childhood that was cringy. I brought old live journal entries. Yeah. And ever, I have not been the same (laughs) ever since uncovering those live journals because Sarah went up there and there was some really funny stuff in there. Yeah. But turns out, there was more sad things in there than funny things. And I read them in front of a crowd. Yeah. And the crowd felt that sadness and did not laugh. And uh, <laughs> I then realized, oh, this is not like, this isn't sad funny. This is just sad. Yeah. <laughs> and it was one show experience that like, I would say is up there with like, just like, Oh my God. Like, I can't even, like he sent me the the video of the set and I was like, I can't ever watch it. No, I can't. Ever. There was, there were some good moments. There were some good moments, but I, I went up there with far too many entries. Yeah. I went 10 minutes over my time. I mean, I mean, that's cringeworthy in its own right. It is. I would so much rather have everyone I know roast me the shit down. <laughs> Never do Just like, like no that? holds barred than like share, much less share, look at a photo of myself at the age of like 15. Oh my God. Like, no. I don't mind photos, but man, my words were cutting. Mm. My words were like, oh my God. Like I, I hated my parents. My parents like were pretty strict. They wouldn't, yeah. let, they wouldn't let me see my college boyfriend. And I, you, you would have thought that you were reading like Britney Spears's Instagram posts, yeah. like about her conservatorship. Like that's how dramatic my ass was. Um, but like, oh my God, I'll, I'll never forget. Like and, uh, finding your teenage uh, journal entries is uh, quite eye-opening. I was like, I'm going to bookmark these, but not for me, for my future therapist. Like truly, truly, truly. Because there's so much in it that I go, holy fuck. This isn't funny. This is like legitimate things that like have formed who I am. Yeah. Which is so messed up, Kyle. No, thanks. Do you, did you ever have a live journal? No. 
So like, do, do, do you know what live journal is? Yeah. It's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, and then it would always say like, you could pick your mood and it would be like a little dancing emoji. No, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> be like thoughtful, melancholy, excited. <laughs> I think at the time there was nothing in me that was like interested in that. Like, I don't need people to know where I'm at. <laughs> but it was funny because you would add friends on there. But then you would do yeah. passive aggressive journal posts about about those friends. Oh man, no, <laughs> no way, no how, <sighs> no, uh, no. I want to hang out with friends and shit talk all our other friends. Come yeah. on, it's, you know the, the old fashioned way, artisanal. Yeah, yeah. Oh, don't leave a record. Are you kidding me? No, you can't. Yeah. You can't. Kids, don't do that. It'll yeah. come back to bite you. Yeah. It won't be good. Yeah. Just do it. Do it the old fashioned way, <sighs> in person talking. Well, and uh, this is the difference, I think, is if you're writing that, you want them to see it. Oh, thousand percent. It's like. Yeah. It, 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 yeah. It, it's the original vague booking. Yeah. 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 And then you're like, well, that's so interesting that you feel that way. Yeah. They're like, Fuck, no. Oh, my God. No, that I, I don't have a lot of have never had much time for that kind of like. <laughs> I'm going to imply that you did me wrong in some way and want you to uh, figure like, it out, figure it out. Just I like, know it's about you and somehow change your ways and come forward. Yeah. 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 My God. Live journals like, was such a mood. I, uh, I, I posted so many song lyrics too. Yeah. I would just post song lyrics, <laughs> which is like such a love language of mine. Just lyrics, just yeah. posting a lyric that I relate to. I, I, I've done, I've done that. Just posting the lyric, usually like something a little bit ironic. Yeah. But then, uh, the one time I thought it would be funny to be, uh, to, to post like sharing song lyrics is an okay thing for a grown man to do. Yes or no. And it was so overwhelmingly no that I was like, oh yeah, 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 yeah. Where was this Facebook? That was Facebook. Yeah, and, you Facebook know, was it like, used to be. I wasn't really doing it anymore anyway, but like, you know, every now and then I'd like hear a lyric that I really liked and I'd just like share it with folks just to let them know what I was listening to. Isn't that funny that Facebook used to be so much more like a journal? Like, yeah, it, it's really not the case anymore. I think we're too wary. Like, I think we've learned. Yeah, like... Like, like you, you post an occasional status. It's quite funny. Yeah. Usually it's a joke. I don't share anything personal. No, but like, ba like, like back in the day, I hate saying that, like, you know, 2006, 2007, whatever. Like it, it was literally like Sarah is blank. Oh and, yeah. And yeah. you would write like, I'm going to class and then I'm going to a movie after. <laughs> Responses from comics. Yeah. No, thanks. Yeah, no, it's fine. Yeah. Like I'll share. I don't know. I have a very curated list. I feel like Twitter obviously is on fire, but oh, yeah, I didn't like Twitter. And then uh, and then eventually I ran um, I ran like a, a, a business Twitter account. Right. Right. For uh, clients from hell when I was running that. Yes. And suddenly that's when Twitter clicked for me, which is like, oh, it's for selling things. 
you sell things here. And then like any notion that it's for like connecting with people or, or like writing your views or like having discourse, like, no, that's not what it is. It is for selling things. Yeah. And like any emotional response, good or bad is a way to like have people buy things. Right. And that's it. And if you keep it to that, that's what, that's how Twitter makes sense. I think I, I honestly, I feel like Twitter is what you make it. I follow a lot of comics on Twitter and I find it like mildly entertaining. I mean, I've, but I've curated the Twitter to be, to show me who I want to see. Sure. Not, not things I don't want to see. If you're reading it. Sure. In terms of like participating oh, yourself yeah. though. Yeah, I know. And even then they're selling comedy. Like they're. That's right. Right. Like. That's right. They have the time. They're trying to get followers so that people will come to their shows. Retweets are like money. That's it. Yeah. That's like the Currency. only thing they're, they're trying to do. And like, if you approach it from that, where it's just like more content, like fine. But yeah. I don't know. I'm pretty tired with it. Well, you're someone who, who you have a pretty distant relationship to social media in general. I've gotten there. Which is like admirable. I used to, you know, like I used to use it all the time. Yeah. But yeah, it's, uh, I, I don't know. Do you find it's he- that's a, like healthier way to live? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yes, it is. It's so true. Yeah. Like, My God. Like if you're, you know, I don't know. You're way better off just like not being in touch and seeing someone every two months. God, it's so true. <laughs> like, no, but you're not wrong. Yeah. I don't know. The, uh, it just gets you in your own head. I think uh, Facebook's one thing. I'm on Facebook because it is so curated for me, but it's curated with people who I know. Yeah. Right. Like, and it's not me trying to keep up with the Joneses or make connections with like people who are more established and professional in whatever capacity than I am. Yeah. Right. And it's also not Instagram where I think you're trying to curate an image of who you are. Yes. Um, Instagram is the worst for like comparison. Yeah. While the comparison factor, while also it's all it is. And, but it's also incorporated the, like, I'm so above comparing myself to others. I'm going to live my life exactly the way that I am. And it's like, no, you're, no, you're not. You yeah. just like flipped that discourse in without changing anything. And I'm not trying to call anyone out for it. That's what it's for. Like, that's what that's the purpose. That's the technology was built for people to do that. Yeah. And, um, and cause we're sophisticated, we like deal with the, we see the criticisms and we loop it in mm-hmm. where it just becomes like a more sophisticated version of self-flagellating yourself. Pretty much. Yeah. You know, and, and I'm not trying to, again, I don't want to call anyone out, but I, I just think it's a lot of mental energy. It's fucking wild. And hearing from people who do it as a job, it feels like the, one of the most emotionally taxing yeah. Things to do because if you're like not to give influencers pity or whatever, but, no, it, but, but, for it, real. but it is truly like you're, you're selling your life. Yeah. You're selling, you're giving people your life as your job. And that to me is like kind of, kind of fucked up. It is. No, it's no, that's kinda, totally fucked. And I feel like, I feel like with comedians, it's a little different. Because, I mean, I think some comedians do it really well where they only share so much, but they're sharing themselves because it's part of their character on stage. Right. 
you know? So like, I love Nikki Glaser, not just cause I enjoy her stand up. I just, I love her as a person based on what she shares with me on socials and also podcasting and stuff like that. Sure. Um, but it is, it's, it's tied. It's tied to what you do. It's, but it's not all of what you do. Whereas influencers, it's their fucking job to post every day. Yeah. You got to post every single day. You got to always be doing interesting things. Yeah. And you're, and you're selling you. You're like selling you. That's no, exhausting. Exhausting. I think, well, it's so uh, like, I don't know. It's interesting culturally where like in the 90s, there was the fear of selling out. Yeah. And then you had this discourse of like, I want to do what I love. I don't want to just work a job. I want to go out and do something I'm passionate about. And then same way, you know, the like Instagram incorporates the like criticism of Instagram is like even more doing it harder. Mm-hmm. That thing of like, I'm going to work what I'm passionate about becomes like a responsibility. Yeah. To like your life is your job and then you have no boundaries anymore. And like all your time is put to it. And then like your whole sense of self-worth <laughs> becomes tied to that, to that thing you're doing. And that stinks for other reasons. And that uh, fucked up. Yeah. Oh my God. It's really fucked up. Well, it's the reason that I'm, I'm probably toning back the put po- like the podcast going forward, just because it's so much of my identity that it's becoming like, like this can't go on forever. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it's, and it's uh pump the brakes. A, a lot of interactions I have is like, you should have this person on and you should do this. And it's like, there's this fear of like, if I stop the podcast, are people even going to talk to me? Yeah. Which is like really fucked up. Cause yes, and, they should, they should still talk to me. Yeah. Yeah. Like it might change your relationship with some people. Yeah. But like, that's the, fine. The, but maybe that, yeah, exactly. And maybe that's what I need, right? Yeah. Like yeah. maybe I do need people who like, maybe I do need to make my life smaller, so to speak. Yeah. Which is. Let's get small. Let's get small. I want to get small. I love being small. Fuck body positivity. <laughs> Losing 10 pounds was the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> no, there's something there. Um I know Kyle Kinane has a joke similarly where um, uh, he talked about, uh, you know, I'm so down, like the climate apocalypse is coming and everything, but I realized I still have hope because I, I recycle. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, yeah, it's all shit. The politicians, you know, they're not pushing through actual. We need to get carbon levels down and the whole thing. Like, we're dead in seven years, man. Oh, no, 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 no. That goes in that bin. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that's fucking so true. That's so true. Oh, my God. Okay, we have one more segment, Kyle. Jesus, yeah. This is the last segment. All right. On our journey tonight. I don't know. <laughs> I know what it is. You shared with me, and this is where, like, I'm less on this solid ground. This is the the one that is most likely to get us canceled. This is the unpopular opinion. Don't hate me for this, but it's time for unpopular opinion. Mmm. Something, and so traditionally, the... Um, it's funny because like I feel like people don't always go there with this segment. Yeah, they I don't know that safer, I want to. They choose safer things 
Let's hear it. What you got? I kind of don't know. Most of my opinions, I don't have that strongly is the thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it's well, like, unpopular opinion, I feel like it's something that like, if you were at a party and you were to say this thing, it would create a group of people going, what? You think that? Like, that's the kind of unpopular opinion. Something you might like, you might be afraid to say because because you you know it's it's the lesser popular thing i like carly ray jepson a lot Ah, more wait no 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 i like her a lot more than taylor swift oh okay no i actually love this okay tell me why okay actually first question yeah have you given taylor swift a chance yeah not maybe not as much as you should deep listening but i i also don't vibe with it in the same way okay and this is, this is why I think Taylor Swift is a powerful artist yes. of her own image. Yes. So she, I think she's really good at, at, at breeding devotion of presenting a self that commands attention and, and identification. And I think that's where she works. Yeah. I think she's the artist of the Instagram age. I think she uh, forged what it looks like to be, someone who is like the perfectly authentic self, which is like highly contrived. Yeah. Yeah. And she's just really good at that. And it's not a thing that was ever for me. Yeah. And like, I kind of respect it at a distance, but I also, I don't connect with it. Yes. Not as much as Carly. Carly's fun, man. Oh my girl. Carly. And she, she was just like, I just love it. I'm going to write the fun songs. I'm going to go to Sweden. I'm going to pay the producers to like, get me to that next level. Do you know of the Jepsen pattern? I don't know the Jepsen pattern. So I talked about this with uh, another Carly Rae Jepsen fan, Heidi Brander. Big, oh, yeah, she's yeah, a big yeah. Carly Ray Jepsen. I don't fan. know about the pattern. I want to know. This is a you'd I think feel like you'd respect this. Mm-hmm. Um, this guy, fucking forget his goddamn name. He's um he was a music producer. Um, he wrote a I think it was like 150 pages of research into Carly Ray's songwriting in terms Fuck, of yeah. the themes that she covers. So there's all of these themes that are always hit on in her songs sure. and he's created these patterns of reoccurring themes. So things like unrequited love and what, what comes out of it is all Carly Rae songs are actually deeply sad, even though they are very happy sounding. The content is deeply sad because it's all about losing love, um, you know, wanting love, not having it yeah. unrequited love, wanting to run away, escapism, wanting to run away with somebody. Um, and it's like all of these themes. Yeah. And I geeked out so hard when I found that. Sure. I mean, because I, it's right up my alley in terms of like, I fucking love dissecting songs. Yeah. Um, I, I, this person did, I think there was like some me too stuff about him. So he's not the most perfect individual. Okay. All right. All right. All right. <laughs> just, just, just to make that note, you guys, I'm aware of that, yeah, yeah. but I still, um, think it's fucking fascinating about her songwriting because I often think people do not, uh, they underestimate her. Yeah. Cause they think she's just like the call me maybe girl. No. Yeah. Well, and that's not even my song. Like I, yeah. I came on, yeah. I came yes. on board with emotion. Like it's yes. just, 
It's just crystal. Like it's yes. crystal pop songwriting. Yes. She loves the craft. Yes. And uh, she's a great voice. Yeah. And she's like having fun. But to that, to that point, like, I think all, all pop music is like happy, sad. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I uh, see. That's where I think Taylor's different though, because I feel like with Carly and like maybe, and this is why we love her too. Okay. Yeah, she's, yeah. she's stuck with things. Right. She has a brand that she's stuck with. Whereas Taylor, I do think she ran, she does like her latest tour is called the era's tour because every single album is a new era of Taylor. The look and feel is different. The branding's different. So um, that to me seems more being stuck with a brand. Cause she's, cause that's her brand. I guess. Cause she needs reinventing. Yeah. Being a chameleon. Carly's new thing. Like it's, she's got a bunch of fun stuff that, uh, beach house was fucking fun. Oh, song. You know? Right. And she just did that. She's like, I'm going to have fun with this song. Yeah. I also think that that could be like also the fact that she's older than Taylor. Um, oh, I didn't know that. Carly race is what Heidi Brenner calls secretly old. Oh, that rules. How old do you think Carly Ray Jepsen is? Well, now that you've told me this. Well, 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 okay. Okay. Yeah. Go on though. I mean, <laughs> just based on they call me maybe it was like 2000, mid 2000s. I would have thought she was in her late teens when that came out. So, yeah, I guess she's she'd be up in her late 30s by now. She's 37. Yeah. Yeah. So Taylor is 33, I think. Right. But she was just so much famous, more famous at a much, much earlier age. So much earlier feels age. like. So I think that that could be part of it too, is like that she's very adult. Like she's, she's like, this is who I am. So this is who yeah. I am. <laughs> Whereas Taylor's probably still shifting who she is. I think she seems more adult to me, but in that way where she's, she's a controlled media product. Yeah. Oh like yeah. She's, she just knows her angles. She knows how to present herself. Like, and anyone who doesn't think that is yeah. dumb. Yeah. Like I, like I, I will, I will, even as a fan of hers, I will fucking say that it is all goddamn marketing. Yeah. yeah. And she's good at it. And the machines there, like that's what, that's her great talent, I think. And I'm not trying to diminish her songwriting. No. And but like I, she's I, just so engaged in her own narrative. Yeah. That, that that's kind of more the product. That's kind of more the product. It also makes me feel fucking sorry for her in some ways. Cause I'm like, that must be exhausting. I'm sure. Yeah. You but know, going back to what you were saying about the the uh, Carly Rae pattern, the the Jepsen pattern, the Jepsen pattern. Um, I love, and I think I've always loved. I like it when uh, something contains its opposite. Yes, By, I like an ugly song with a moment of beauty. Oh. I like a beautiful song with a moment of ugliness. I like something that's sad that has a wistful, like happiness to it. And I like something that's happy. That's got a bit of sadness oh on God. the edges. Like I want, I want that all the time. The contrast, the contrast. And I think the, the, um, the recognition that there's always the other thing there. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I fucking love that. Um, the name of my theater troupe, which, uh, well, theater company, which has only done the one friend show. Uh, is Happy Sad Theater? Oh, I love that! Yeah. What was what was the show that you did? It was a uh, it was uh, Fifty Shades of Vinyl. I love that. Which was a uh, an erotic parody of the Vinyl Cafe. 
Oh my god! Oh yeah, I know yeah, this. We've talked about. Yes. This. Okay. Yeah. That's, the, that's fucking amazing. Yeah. Happy sad. Happy sad theater. Yep. Oh. Happy sad's one word in this case. But. Happy sad, but it is that I love. Um, I think I do gravitate more towards the happy sounding sad song. So yeah. wonderful by Everclear. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Happy sounding sad song. Like like the actual beat and like the feel of that song is like. Very poppy and happy. Oh, that's a sad song. Yeah. <laughs> that's a sad song. But I think like it's more true to human experience. Oh my God, yeah. To have them both because like at the happiest you are, there's that pang that you know that it could go away. Yeah. And as sad as you are, sometimes like there's a part of you that recognizes this. This is beautiful right now. Like when there's your heart's something broken, good in it. yeah. When your heart's broken, you know that you're suffering in a way that's like powerful. Yeah. And like, ah, uh. yeah. You know, you got to participate in something greater than yourself. Like I think people are aware of that. Right. I don't get to invest in that <laughs> narrative, but even so, like wherever you're at, like there's that sense, like. You're, you're young and you're miserable. You are hanging out with your friends all the fucking time, you know? So I feel like because you start this with Taylor Swift, this heavily relates to her latest album because she has a couple songs on the latest album that are about just that. In fact, she wrote, sure. she wrote a song that everyone assumes, and I think it's pretty well known that it's about John Mayer taking her virginity at age 19. Yeah. There's a line that's, um, um, dance with the devil at 19. Um, and the, the God's honest truth is that the pain was heaven is the line. Right. And it's like talking about that terrible heartbreak being actually like some good came from it. Yeah. Um, which is, Oh my God, that's so, that's so fucking powerful. Do you have a favorite sad, sad song? Like one that's just, this is just sad. <laughs> Cause I was, I was watching the, um, there's a, a thing on Netflix called sound, uh, song, song exploder, yeah, song explorer. Song exploder. Oh, there, there, there it is. Yeah. I literally just discovered the show. Yeah. I watched the killers one. Sure. And I also watched the nine inch nails one about the song hurt, yeah. which like that song is. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's a, that's a powerful one. Yeah. God, I mean, I love sad songs. I don't They're listen to ex exclusively. Yeah. I've been accused of being like uh, a guy who listens to sad bastard music. And like, <laughs> I fully do, but like, you know, I contain multitudes. Like, yeah, you're multifaceted. Yeah. I like, I love pop, you know, yeah, I love that you love Carly. And you know what I gotta say? Every smart person I know appreciates her. I think. And that says something about Carly Rae's music. So everyone fucking yeah. goddamn get your act together and give her a chance. I think Listen to her. you hear the production on emotion. God, like so good. even like, even if you're not a pop person, if you hear that like opening synth sax, <sighs> like you're like, Oh no, this something's going on here. Um, but yeah, I have so many favorite sad songs. What's, um, uh, uh, but you're looking like purely sad, purely sad Oof. in the fields, in the trenches. Yeah. Oh, uh, Sufjan Stevens, uh, Carrie and Lowell. 
Okay. It's an entire album. It's about his mother who died. She was like, oh. she had mental health issues. But uh, so there, there are songs in that that are like, oh, oh yeah, deeply okay. sad. I yeah, fuck, but, but gorgeous. Another favorite songwriter of mine is Will Chef, who is uh, the principal of uh, Ockerville River, and he writes some fucking devastatingly sad. God, yeah, yeah, yeah. I love him. It's got a, he just released an album that's like about middle age and, you know, life in the arts and uh, disappointment. Ooh. And it's like, yeah, I'll vibe, have to check that I out. I but pretty hard. I don't know if you'll dig the sound. Like it is kind of more in that folky spectrum. But uh, yeah, he's got a song called Nothing Special, which is about oh. learning that you're nothing special against your like youth visions and and how that's actually kind of freeing oh my god is it ever though it's so good yeah like freeing yourself from the narrative that you're going to achieve something and not in the sense that like oh you're not achieving something but rather assuming challenging the notion that you're going to change everything yeah and recognizing that the accomplishments you have are worth something yes you know that oh, man. Yeah, there's another song of that album called In the Thick of It. Yeah, the, uh, the lyric is, uh, there's a dance you do in the thick of it. You don't even, you don't have to know where your feet go. You just, no. There's a dance Isn't you it funny do when you know, you know the it. lyric, but like, you're, like when you say a lyric, it's so much different. You already know where your feet go. You don't have to think of it. Oh, yeah. I like that. It's great, man. He will put me in my feels in like a contemplative way. That's what I like about sad music. It's yes. for like, okay, let's, uh, let's deal with this. Let's have a, let's have a listen. Let's, let's think about where we're at. Yeah. Oh, and I like that. There's a, do you know the uh, frightened rabbit? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a song called backwards walk that always, yeah. Always fucking gets me. It's so fucking good. Oh man, music's the fucking best. I I gotta say, I love comedy. I think music's like first love. Like music was the first artistic thing that I ever like, like truly loved, loved, loved. Um, and I and I grew up with weird influences, like at a young age. But I also had like I had a sister who was like the biggest Our Lady Peace fan. Yeah, biggest like. All stuff all over her walls and stuff like that was a band that like we were talking about early piece last night. And um, she had like a weird hate thing with Chantel Kraviatsik for taking no, rain away from her. I don't know. I know. I think she liked Chantel. Okay. And my other sister was a huge Chantel fan. You know, she has that lyric like a, <laughs> before the rain. She's talking about rain. <laughs> you know, I heard that like they're kind of snobby. That's oh, my, I'm sure. Oh my God. That's that's what I heard. Medium successful Toronto hipsters? Snobby? <laughs> are you kidding? Where's Rain from? I don't know, but they're you know, they were in Ontario and they were like not quite popular, but also not quite indie. And I feel like that's exactly like I'll bet if you met uh what's his name from the Goo Goo dolls, he'd be like Johnny Resnick! Yeah, I'll bet you Johnny Resnick is one hundred percent above it, and you're like, No, you're not. Oh my God. No, you're not. Or a third eye blind guy. We talked about him, I think, last time I was on. Holy. Solo. Oh, I have some new developments about him. Oh, God. I don't know if, it, but I'll bet you that guy is like a snob. So, so you know what? The, you know the saying, don't meet your heroes? Sure. Don't listen to your heroes on a, oh, sorry. Don't listen to your heroes on a podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's 
new my new iteration oh my of God. that phrase. You know what I found out today? Related. <laughs> Meredith Brooks voted for Trump. What? <laughs> First of all, how did, how did you find this out? Uh, my pal sent me Meredith Brooks Twitter account and it was like, bitch, lover, uh, child, mother. And he, and he was like, I think maybe she's, uh, she has kind of an Uncle Rico vibe from Napoleon Dynamite oh reliving God. past glories. I was like, yeah, you know, that makes sense. And then he was like on a deep dive. So he sent me uh, my buddy, my buddy, Justin, I'll give him a shout out. He's oh, my favorite shit. person. Uh, but he was like, yeah, it turns out she, uh, she approves of Trump and disapproves of Hillary. <laughs> and I was like, well, you know, she, she told us she was a bitch. <laughs> she like, told when someone tells you what they are, listen, you know, believe them, believe them, believe them. That's fucking funny. I know. Oh my God. That's why like going, going back and being like, where are these people now? Or like, who are they now? Yeah. Like from your past, like that's crazy. Steven Jenkins from third eye blind somehow cross cross paths with my favorite podcast guys. We fucked and went on as a guest. And it was Oof. one of the most horribly awkward interviews ever. Cause I don't think he knew what the podcast was or the whole point of it, which is like to kind of dive into sexuality and yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like personal stuff. And it, the whole show was like him dodging personal questions. And then it came out at the end that he has a, Third Eye Blind do a podcast called Pod of Wine, but they don't really promote it or anything and they don't have very many listeners because they just kind of shoot the shit after shows and stuff. Oh no. But you're right. He is quite uh, stuck up and like cocky and kind of holier than thou a little bit. Yeah. Nothing will ruin a person faster than mid-level success. (laughs) I know, right? They're not quite like... Way up there, yeah. but they're certainly not down there. Yeah. And they also maybe don't have cred. So they yeah. like resent that they don't have cred, but they've like achieved like more. So they're like, they've, they've got to be in their bonnet about that shit. I'll forgive them for, for everything just because that first album is so fucking good. Sure. I, 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 it's, it's deep within my, my, my DNA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm blind. Also a band that me and Big Cat bonded over a lot. Oh, he was a, he was a big third eye blind fan. That's so funny. Yeah, I never would have guessed He's, that. He loved fucking music. Like we we had nights that like we <laughs> so sad. We would just literally sit at his computer and listen. To, we listened to music together. Yeah, yeah. It's not something that like I think a lot of adults do together. You know, like get together with a friend and like just put on music and talk about the music. I want to. I I want to too. Yeah, but uh, no, that's so funny. Yeah. But yeah, no, like what's, what's better? Nothing. There's literally nothing better than music. I, I, I feel like I, the whole, um, death or blind. I think I, I would go blind. Honestly, I think I would go blind just so I could still hear music, but also for the comedy aspect of like, I laughter's nice to hear too. Sure. So, well, you know, when, when it's as loud as it is for me, you know, <laughs> You can lose some sensitivity and you're still doing okay. Oh my God. It's a good thing way to end this podcast. Let's end this podcast, Kyle. All right. Thank you so much for coming on. Is there is there anything else you want to pop off about while you're still here? Pop off about no. No. We've popped off about enough. I think so. I don't know. It's pretty good. Life's good. Life is good. Yeah. Just, you know, keep working on shit and have fun doing it. 
Oh, I love that. I love that. Let's all strive to be like Kyle. I like, I know that I do. I strive to be like, Kyle. I mean, I, I, I work on it. <laughs> <laughs> it's not always easy being awesome. No. That, okay. <laughs> I know I just said like a super arrogant thing. Like, so I, need to, so I need to walk it back now, but you know, like whatever. I think I, I but I, I will say like, I think I'm happier the more I'm able to concentrate on just the practice of craft. Yeah. The more I can do that, when the less like I'm thinking about myself in comparison to other people or, or like what my goals are, um, like externally, I just know like, Hey, if I, I just wrote a line that I'm really proud of. Take the pressure off. Take the pressure off. Yep. Life's better with lower stakes. I feel like, and I also feel like, here's something, guys. Don't, uh, your hobbies shouldn't be obligations. Yeah. That's a big thing that I've figured out where I go. Uh, oh, I don't have new material. I have to write new jokes. You're right. And then I try to force it because of the keeping up with the Joneses, keeping up with Mike's, keeping up with people's perception of me. And I go, Fuck this. Like, I'm just going to write the jokes when I write the jokes. I'm not getting paid for this shit. No. I didn't sign a comedy contract. Yeah. I'm not working for comedy. It's supposed to be a hobby. That's supposed to be enriching and fun. Yeah. And I consistently ruin it for myself. So why do that? It's, uh, it's Why a, do that? Most of it is, most of it's really dumb. Most of it is so dumb. It's just dumb. Enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yeah, you should you should have fun. Have fun with hobbies. That's what that's what they're for. Be dumb. Be dumb. Be more dumb. Be more I'm dumb all the time. <laughs> like like when I think about the fact that I don't watch TV anymore, I just scroll TikTok. I go, this is so dumb. That's pretty rough. That's pretty rough. Yeah. I got to watch like White, White Lotus or something over the holidays. I will tell you the thing, the, the the goal that I've had for myself is just being more intentional with media. Yeah. So like. Fuck man, that's a great, that's a great intention. And I don't even mean like, I'm not saying like, I want to read more books. Just like, no. I just want to know that if I'm looking at something, I want to be looking at it. Yes. Because there's so much that's just like easy. Like, like you just put something on and then, yeah. and then you're just like kind of taking it in, but you're, you're kind of like half taking it in. Cause you're not really that interested. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I, I feel the same. I'm actively trying to like not watch YouTube if I'm doing something else, you know? Yeah. Or, um, and yeah, just choosing a thing rather than letting it happen. I actually, I really respect that. I need to do that more too. Cause yeah, the TikTok scroll is just, it's, it, you feel like a fucking, zombie but at the same time i also like i'm so entertained by it it's crazy yeah but i'm also like i'm a, i was a viner like i loved vine sure you know, like, <laughs> so that's why i do that's get why, it that's why i love tiktok i'm not on tiktok and i know tiktok's algorithms are like laser focused oh like, my god gotcha. oh, so i'm getting scary. i'm getting the shitty version on the other things for reels so, and whenever I click one, I'm like, I don't feel better. <laughs> this didn't benefit me. And if you're an Instagram reels or uh, TikTok, TikTokers will make fun of you quite a bit. Cause the, the running joke is that Instagram reels will eventually feed you what TikTok is feeding people, but it's right. like behind. Yeah, that's fair. I don't. It's like the boomer version of video consumption. I don't care. Content is poison. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, subscribe to this podcast, everyone. Because <laughs> uh, who knows how much longer it's going to be around. 
Who knows? I'm I'm just I'm just saying that we don't know. Yeah. It's uh, it's undetermined. But uh, I would appreciate subscribe, share, <laughs> all of that stuff. And I want to thank my amazing guest for joining me thank today. Thank you. So nice to see you. That was also, so fun. Okay, I see on your screen, Max Landis wrote the Carly Rae Jepsen. Do you fuck, know, do you fuck know, that guy. Do you know him? Yeah, of course. Oh shit. John Landis's son. But it's it's impressive, Kyle. It's called a scar no one else can see. Uh. <laughs> oh, it doesn't exist anymore. Did he take it down? Oh, that makes me sad. I think Probably. I have. I think I have. Um, I'll be honest. Here it is. Look at this. Look at this shit, K- Kyle. Look at this. Yeah. Like this is, and I'm just gonna be honest with you. I dived into. This. I love this shit. I really, really do. I yeah no I get it. Can you separate the artist from the art and check it out? Well, I I could except he is such a masturbatory artist. What's his deal? Oh. We ended this. Mm. <laughs> Let's talk away. Let's talk about it off, Mike. Thank you so much, Kyle, bye. for coming on. Bye bye bye. We did. Oh, actually, ring the bell. Woo! That's it. <laughs> That's it. What, what's the deal with Max Landis? Tell me about Max. Thank you for listening to the Intoxicated Podcast. If you enjoyed this week's episode, make sure you subscribe on whatever podcast app you use and leave a rating or review on Apple Podcasts. You can also give us a follow on Facebook and Instagram at Intoxicated Podcast and check out our video episodes on the Intoxicated YouTube channel. Until next week, feel hard and talk hard. Intoxicated Podcast is hosted and produced by Sarah McClellan and brought to you by the messiness of life. Oh, everybody's depressed. Next subject.